In capitalist America, you pay to be spied on. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. See, there's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 17th, 2020, episode 209. And this week, Deuce Boogaloo. (laughs) And uh, I am the artist formerly known as Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's Daddy Gons, everybody. Yeah, Daddy. (laughs) trying Trying to push it off onto me. Uh, yeah, where we prove every episode deflecting. that consciences are seared, as with a hot iron, First Timothy 4.2. Every mm. episode, every story, every, not every story, watch out. A, lot, a lot of the stories. Watch out, you're going to get burned. Yes. And uh, Gons, you and I were fighting a little bit of internet issues today. Seems on both sides of the world here. We have some a uh, little bit slower uploads, a little bit slower downloads, but I think we're stable. I think we're stable, but we're, uh, we're just going to keep praying, keep looking up that things stay connected. <laughs> Come on, Elon, help us out. Help Elon, us stay connected. My man. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Anything, any new, new uh, personal news since the last episode on Monday, Gonzo? We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. Ooh. Yes, thoroughly updated. As you know, YouTube has not been very friendly to the Face Like the Sun YouTube channel. Susan, you should be feeling the heat over there. Susan! Susan! <laughs> Um, yeah, so I published a video yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and it was titled truthers don't get played debunking joy, George, George Floyd, mm-hmm. <laughs> George Floyd chest tattoo claims. And the whole point of the video was to debunk some of the claims or the, you know, people are walking on Twitter and on all the social media saying that, Hey, look, look at the video, the screenshot, you know, George Floyd doesn't have a chest tattoo, which I was like, okay. You don't have to. The guy, first off, he does have a chest tattoo. You can clearly see it if you watch the footage. So I was mm-hmm. trying to say, like, hey, truthers, don't get carried away with all the crazy claims. Yeah, people you make. were you were debunking a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I was debunking some of the more fringier stuff. And there's plenty of skepticism to go around with the whole Floyd situation. You don't need some of this stuff that's out there. And I I actually said that it's probably like Cointel Pro stuff. If it's not just really bad research. It's yeah. probably like deliberate to make people look crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, YouTube removed the video for violation of community guidelines and they nailed Again? me. Yeah, it, this is officially a warning. So this is the warning. And then I have three strikes and then the channel gets deleted. So oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, you're trying to do some good in the world, man. I know. I, know. I thought maybe this would be something to uh, be on the side of YouTube to help them out, you know? But um, in terms of uh, what I apparently did, I apparently harassed, threatened, or cyberbullied. So I don't know. It was just, <laughs> I, I have no idea. They're just trying to find anything to bust you for, man. It's just so ridiculous. And I actually messaged, I re- you can appeal it. So I did. And in it, I just said, give me a timestamp. Give me a timestamp of exactly where 
I harassed, threatened, or cyber bullied anybody. And then, you know, I'll back off. Okay. If it's, if, if there's like clear evidence, but you can go watch the video, you can go to BitChute, uh, where all the videos get backed up. Um, and I'll leave a, I'll drop a link in the chat if anyone's interested to my BitChute channel. And, uh, so you can watch it there and let me know where I violated the YouTube, where uh, you bullied, where I bullied or, or harassed anybody. And again, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest cause it was pretty yeah. frustrating. Yeah. That's no, another that's good. One. That's part of what we try to do around here too, is, you know, take a look at what the conspiracy theories are. You know, there seems to be a tendency just in the world and I, you know, I get it. It's, it's part of the truth seeking, uh, uh, thing is you look for, um, where things don't line up, some inconsistencies, right? Uh, we had a lot of people sending us the that one image that was going around comparing the different, uh, you know, Derek Chauvin pictures. Right. Um, and, you know, honestly, we've spent a lot of time looking into forensic, uh, you know, photo uh, comparisons and, you know, looking at ears and noses and eyebrow ridges, things like that. Honestly, I, I don't think there's enough hard uh, forensic comparison evidence to say that it wasn't Derek Chauvin. But, and also, why would it matter if it was or wasn't the exact like it's not like he's a known guy that we I don't know long as I don't want to get into it, but yeah. I wasn't quite convinced. But that doesn't change anything whether yeah. or not he was who he wasn't. Yeah, and, and um, some people in the chat yeah. are mentioning, and I mentioned it in a follow-up video that I made yesterday, but this is actually, I think this is YouTube actually harassing, threatening, and cyberbullying me. Oh, you know? touche. So, uh, so touche. I, should, I should start um, uh, crying. Start uh, banning them. I ban you, YouTube. <laughs> I ban you. And I should start <laughs> saying uh, racism. Yes. Ra racists. That's right, because guns... <laughs> You are officially a person of color. I'm a I'm a person of color according to some uh, according to the webs. It now includes Asian Americans, so there you go. Yeah. I'm I'm part there of you it. Go. Canary and, uh, Cry News Talk uh, produced and hosted by a person of color. <laughs> so we should get some of that. Uh, yeah, where's some my of that extra attention? Extra attention and the extra cash. Where's all that cash yeah. going? I don't know. Where is that cash? You, you can't tell this and people out there in uh, TV land can't tell this, but I am frantically uh, feeling around for my mouse charging cord because my mouse ran out of batteries oh, no. right as we started the show. So, you know, that's why I get paid the big bucks. I got to blindly <laughs> feel around for my, my <laughs> USB charging cord. Uh, either that okay. or I use this. Uh, completely faulty virtual reality hand. That's what I'll have to use for now. Okay. But anyways, there you go. YouTubers. We get a lot of uh, live viewers from YouTube. So uh, as I mentioned in the pre-stream message, you're going to want to make sure to follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio or any of the other uh, extra outlets we have because you just never know what's going to happen over there on YouTube. Yeah. Unfortunately... Yeah. This is uh, All right. getting worse. I feel the the uh, the walls closing in on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, speaking of which, you want to get into the show? Let's do it. Okay. Let's. Let update. Do you want fries with that? All right. This is MassLive.com. 
And here we go. The article's titled, Dog-Like Robots Now on Sale for $75,000. Buyers must agree to not arm them or use them as weapons. <laughs> you gotta sign the so, contract. Yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, Flippy Update, we follow Flippy, who is the burger flipping robot uh, put out by Miso Robotics. Uh, if you listen to this show, uh, actually, you'll probably start getting an advertisement for Flippy on your Facebooks and stuff. It seems there's an algo now that our people are getting uh, where they actually get uh, advertised. Uh, advertisements for Flippy to invest. Now, we use Flippy, the burger flipping robot, as a proxy conversation to explore how robots are, uh, you know, uh, taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. So, today we're talking about spot guns. This article reads, you can now buy one of those unnerving animal-like robots you have seen on YouTube, so long as you don't plan to use it to harm or intimidate anyone. Boston Dynamics on Tuesday they started selling its four-legged robot uh, spot robot online for just under $75,000 each. The agile robot can walk, climb stairs, and open doors, but people who buy them online must agree not to arm them or intentionally use them as weapons amongst other conditions quote spot is an amazing robot but it is not certified safe for in-home use or intended for the use near children or others who may not appreciate the hazards associated with its operation the terms and conditions state boston dynamics has been developing its dexterous robots through decades of military funded research the waltham massachusetts company is now finding commercial applications for them for the first time since it was found Founded in 1992. The company announced last year that it uh, would begin mass production of Spot as a pilot project. It leased more than 150 of the robots to select customers for uh, such uses as monitoring construction sites, inspecting. Oop, my whole world just disappeared. Uh oh. Uh oh. The dangers. The dangers of virtual reality. No, this is not a good time. We've lost him in the void. I'm completely lost in the void here, Gons. Right, so I, I can finish the story th for you. Yeah, there's not much more there, but the the interesting parts were you can now buy it. Anybody can for just under seventy five thousand dollars, as long as you promise not to give Spot a gun um, or have them intimidate people. Which well, <laughs> you know, for me, I don't. I think part of the whole reason of getting Spot is so that you can. Uh, you know, have them protect your house. You can put up a beware of robot dog sign and, uh, you know, some guy jumps the fence and met with a robot dog with a nice big claw or something. I think that's the, the prime use for spot security dog. Release the robot towns. Well, it's yes. interesting because it says how you can't threaten anybody, but it even mentions in the article in run one recent pilot in Singapore, a spot robot was deployed in a public park to broadcast pre-recorded messages asking people to maintain distance from one yes. another to prevent spread of the coronavirus. And we had that video footage that we played a few episodes ago. I I don't know. That was kind of threatening. I was walking it around. It was threatening me. Yeah, that's what I I'm was saying. threatened. I felt very threatened by that <laughs> robot dog <laughs> walking through the park yelling at everybody. So again, a double but, uh, standard here. It's okay for the authorities to threaten the common citizen with it. But if you're going to own one, by yeah. no means can you threaten or arm it. Well, arm, well, I can kind of understand, but. What else is new? Yeah, but here's the real question. Do, when they say arm, do they mean 
putting a literal robot arm on him because <laughs> Spot, I think the default comes with a robot arm. Oh, <laughs> like the ones we we saw strapped uh, out of the butt last week. It's, it's gonna yes, its tail is yes, gonna be the, a flippy arm. The, the appendage, the extra appendage. That's oh my right. Gosh. Um, so there you go. We can actually get a, a spot now. I think, uh, I think it's about time we pull the trigger on that Kickstarter we've been talking about for five years. 75K, not too bad. We can probably I uh, think pull we it could off put together 75K. Experimental purposes. The other footage that's been uh, making the rounds with the spot dog is the one where I think it's an older model, but it comes down the stairs and it, it steps on a banana peel and just completely wipes out. It's a seen very that one? funny one. I think that was, yeah, that was an early version, very, I believe. Very early version. I uh, wonder if it's I th- still. I think they've taken, I think they've taken care of the banana peel problem. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah. That's scary. Canon on YouTube mentions, uh, don't worry, there'll be $50,000 next year. That's how it works. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll wait till uh, the spot two get the price down a little bit we can lose some of the the extra features just give me the strip down spot you know what we have an exit exit strategy here we know what we do we create uh spot robot dog coats to make him more real dog like you know put a little sweater on him yeah yeah that'd uh, be cute we can sell it to the people that can afford these things if if you can afford a seventy five thousand dollar robot dog you can afford yeah, you, our uh, five thousand dollar <laughs> hand sewn coat made yes. from bear <laughs> hand, skin or something. Handmade in America. Yeah, keep you your go. keep your robot dog warm. Yeah, throwing out business uh, ideas for anybody interested. Um, uh, I do want to mention real quick that the Twitch viewers are a little low today. I'm not sure what's going on there. Hopefully the notification went out to everybody. But if you're uh, watching anywhere else, uh, please consider at least opening up a tab to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Just leave it running. We need to get our numbers up over there so we can uh, get uh, unlock some cool special perks that'll make the the show a little bit better. Now, Gons, I, uh, I popped an image into the document there. Yeah. Um, I shared this on my Facebook and I just wanted to have a, a called it moment. Um, if you want to bring that up on the stream and this was an advertisement that I got. Oh gosh. Let me see if I, I can make it I bigger can so I can actually read it. it. But this was from uh, Nippon airlines or air Nippon uh, no, all Nippon Airways. I believe it's a, what is that? Japanese airline company. Sure. And uh, it says, in the work from home economy, oh avatars enable even the most hands-on professions to work remotely. Here's how. And it's a it's a link to uh, an, an article from uh, uh, all Nippon Airways, remote capabilities for hands-on workers. And there it is. We've been talking about the work from home avatar uh you know workplace thing where you'll no longer have to get off your couch to go work in a factory you can control it with vr uh you know controlling a robot halfway across the world and here we are we are in the future and i gotta say called it years ago yeah i sorry i wasn't able to pull it up on the screen for people just because I, I guess you can't move around the image once you oh, paste it bummer. in there. If you would have sent it to me on Skype or through text, might have been easier to do. But Oh, nuts. Oh, yeah. well, well, you can go to my uh, Facebook. Just search Basil Rosewater. You can be my friend and see my cool uh, advertisement. Yep. And I just, you know, we just keep nailing it. So that's nice. Yep. We called it. That's always nice. Yep. 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 All right. Okay. 
So uh, let's get into it. We got a bunch of COVID updates today. So okay. uh, we're gonna start it off. We're gonna we're gonna start it off a little a little stinky. COVID. Okay. Let that, let that flush <laughs> the toilet sound. This makes it exciting. All right. It's going to let that go all the way there. Well, that's a long toilet. It's, yeah, a big, wow. big toilet. Boston.com. Flushing the toilet may fling coronavirus aerosols all over. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, man. Here's one more behavior to be hyper aware of in order to prevent coronavirus transmission. What you do after you use the toilet. Scientists have found that in addition to clearing out whatever business you've left behind, flushing a toilet can generate a cloud of aerosol droplets that rises nearly three feet. Those droplets may linger in the air long enough to be inhaled by a shared toilet's next user or oh, land yikes. on the surfaces in the bathroom. This toilet plume isn't just gross. In simulations, always simulations, it can carry infectious coronavirus particles that are already present in the surrounding air or recently shed in a person's stool the research published no. tuesday in the journal physics of fluids <laughs> it must be a There's very a whole journal called <laughs> physics of fluids must be a very interesting uh journal. that's crazy adds a growing uh adds to growing evidence that the coronavirus can be passed not only through respiratory droplets but also through virus-laden feces too and while it remains unknown whether public or shared toilets are a common point of transmission of the virus, the research highlights the need during a pandemic to rethink some of the common spaces people share. Quote, <laughs> oh, no. we got to rethink. We got to rethink about the toilet. It. Uh, this is the new normal. <laughs> they're going to have UV zappers on the toilets now. Uh, the aerosol, this is a quote, the aerosol generated by toilets are something that we've kind of known about for a while, but many people have taken for granted, said Joshua L. Santarpia, a professor of pathology and microbiology at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, who was not involved in the research. Quote, this study adds a lot of evidence that everyone needs in order to take better action. Oh, we need this take, evidence. Take better action. Typically. Uh, the coronavirus is most at home in cells in the lungs and upper respiratory tract, but studies have found it can also dock in cell receptors in the small intestines. Uh, patients have been reported to experience diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting, among other symptoms. Uh, let me skip this paragraph here. A computer simulation of the toilet flushing mechanism showed that when water pours into the toilet and generates a vortex, it displaces air. In the bowl, these vortices move upward and the centrifugal force pushes out about 6,000 tiny droplets and even tinier aerosol particles. Depending on the number of inlets in the toilet, flushing can force anywhere from 40% to 60% of the produced aerosol high above the seat. It's very alarming, said Ji Zhang Wang, who studied uh, fluid dynamics at Yangzhou University and was a co-author of the study. And it says it's virtually impossible to keep bathrooms sanitized at all times. And sharing a toilet may be unavoidable, un unavoidable for family members, even when one person is sick and isolating in a separate room at home, Wang says. 
Mm-hmm. And it goes on here, talks a little bit more about it. Yeah, I think we get the point. We get the idea. <laughs> we get the idea. I think we get the idea. Yeah. So new normal, you know, nobody use uh, restrooms anymore. You <laughs> don't flush. That's the key. You just don't flush. Oh, uh, you'll save yuck. water, and uh, you'll you know you know that's why you got to follow the the biblical concepts of using the restroom. <laughs> you go outside of the camp. Uh, I I really should just have that one committed to memory. It's very important. I like Rocket Man um, Sean over on YouTube. Last I checked, poop is pretty hot and humid. How can Corona live there? That's a good point. It's a pretty oh, warm atmosphere there, so it might. Uh, anyway, okay. Moving on. Next story. <laughs> this is from uh, KTVU.com. Gons, and we got some more COVID uh, updates here. Some important ones. COVID. Okay, that's right. Here we go. KTVU.com. I believe that's the LA Fox channel, if I remember. Um, I don't think the so. The article, the article is, or um, maybe Bay Area. Uh, United, United says passengers who don't wear masks will be put on, quote, internal travel restriction list. Oh, oh no. gosh. More lists, guns. More lists. This is how it starts. They're going to keep an eye on you. The article reads, United Airlines announced Monday that it will be uh, that it will strengthen mandatory mask policies to further hinder the spread of COVID-19 and help continue keep passengers and crew safe. Uh, according to a news release, the company said that while the majority of their passengers are complying with the mandatory policy starting on June 18th, that's tomorrow. Any passenger that does not comply when aboard uh, a United flight will be placed on an internal travel restriction list. Customers on the list will lose their travel privileges on United for a duration of time to be determined pending on comprehensive incident review. The news release states you're going to lose your privileges, Gons, if you don't wear a mask. Mm. Quote. Every reputable health institution says wearing a mask is one of the most effective things people can do to protect others from contracting COVID-19, especially in places like an aircraft where social distancing is a challenge, said United uh, United's chief customer officer, Toby Engvist. Couple things. Uh, CDC says you don't need to wear a mask unless you already have COVID or are a healthcare worker or someone like that. So not Every reputable health institution, unless I don't know, are they calling CDC disreputable? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. Um, and also airplane companies, if you'd stop uh, squeezing us in like sardines and actually give us some leg room, maybe you could achieve some social distancing. I think this is the revolution we really uh, need to, to, to put on the list of revolutions. Um, we need to uh, force the hand of the aircraft companies to give us some dang leg room, Gons. Because I got to <laughs> okay. squish up. I, I'm, I li- almost literally have to be in the fetal position to fit in a, you know, a regular, uh, you know, uh, airplane seat. I think they're down giving to like, away secrets of your height. Your your nephilim height there. Seven. I foot know. Eleven. That seven. That seven inches of leg room that they give us just isn't enough. 
All right. Yeah. The article continues, quote, we have been requiring our customers to wear masks on board United Aircraft since May 4th, and we have been pleased that the overwhelming majority of passengers readily comply with our policy. Today's <laughs> comply, comply. Today's yeah, announcement pleased that is, they comply. Yes, we are so pleased. Today's announcement is an unmistakable signal that we're prepared to take serious steps, if necessary, to protect our customers and crew, Inkvist said. Under the new policy, if flight attendants notice or are informed snitches of a customer on board who is not wearing a face covering and that passenger does not fall within an exception, flight attendants are to notify the customer of the airline's policies. They will also offer a mask if needed. Quote, if the customer continues to be non-compliant, flight attendants will do their best to de-escalate the situation so they're they're <laughs> they are escalating the situation and then doing their best to de-escalate the situation. A little Hegelian dialectic there yeah. just going on right on your airplane. Uh, flight attendants will do their best to de-escalate the situation from those violent rebels not wearing a mask. <laughs> Again, inform the customer of the United's policy and provide the passenger with an in-flight mask policy reminder card. You need a reminder card. The statement. What are, what are we supposed to? Oh yeah. Oh, this card in my pocket. Comply. Thank you for I'm the card. To comply. Yes. <laughs> it just it's just a card that says obey, obey. on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, continues. U.S. airlines are very serious about requiring face coverings on their flights. Carriers are stepping up enforcement of face coverings and implementing substantial consequences, substantial consequences for those who do not comply with the rules, said A4A president and CEO Nicholas E. Calio. Uh, quote, face coverings are one of several public health measures recommended by the CDC. No, it's not. As an important layer of protection for passengers and customer facing employees. A simple conversation can produce thousands of oral fluid droplets. Blah. Oral fluid droplets that can be dispersed to a fairly large radius and can linger in the air for up to 14 minutes and in some instances even longer. Remember at the beginning of all this, they said it could linger in the air for like, th what was it, three hours or something? Yeah. We're, we're down to 14 minutes. So uh, coronavirus is, is forgetting how to fly, I think, here. Researchers suggested in a recent study that uh, may help answer key questions regarding the high transmissibility of the novel, novel coronavirus. According to the report, which was first published in peer-reviewed journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in May, it is commonly known that respiratory viruses such as COVID-19 can spread through droplets that are produced from coughing or sneezing. Or With poop. social distancing still the best-known weapon for containing the virus, several studies have been conducted regarding the transmission of respiratory droplets, et cetera, et cetera. Just some, some science jargon at the end there that we've, uh, we're, we're all aware of. It's been smashed into our brains for, um, what, four months now, something like that. Yeah. Um, so there you go, Gons. You're going to get put on a list, buddy. Put on, your, put on your mask. If we combine this story with the last story, uh -huh. the, the airplane oh, no. bathrooms, oh, oh just, no. just, a, just a tube of corona. They just, might just as well just open up a, a <laughs> hidden trap door and launch you out the bottom of the plane. You're you're done for. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know, but you know, anytime the last time I went to an airport, mm -hmm. you know how you have different uh, gates, right? You got all these gates for airplanes. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. 
all but one at this particular airport I was at, there was like 20 or 25 gates, something like that. Literally 22 or 23 of them was United. So they're going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I know they have kind of a monopoly in terms of, oh, not maybe not a monopoly. What airport? Depends what airport you're talking about. Orange County. Orange County. It was uh, John Wayne. Airport, uh, I think. John Wayne. Yes. Yeah, it was big, all United. Big United hub there. And there was like one Alaskan air and one Southwest. And you know, all mm-hmm. the people are hanging out there because everybody hates United. But yeah, I don't know. I hope all the airlines don't follow suit with this type of thing. Although uh, it seems like no, they, they throw will. around, you know, the CDC appeal to authority. Just really, I don't know, loosely. But it says they released a guideline on June 12th, which is more recent. So maybe mm-hmm. they updated their, their stuff. Yeah, to be fair, I have not checked since the 12th. But uh, before that, I mean, I read it right on the show there. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they were very clear about who wears a mask and who doesn't. So yeah. anyways, what else you got? We have, is it another? Oh, yeah, we got another COVID. Another COVID one. COVID. Another foxbusiness.com article here. Coronavirus speeds up American suppliers' exodus from China. It's about time. Okay. Yeah. It says good. here, the COVID-19 pandemic is giving fresh energy to corporate plans to move supply chains out of China, according to a new survey. 76% of finance chiefs whose companies have manufactured in China indicated in a survey by Swiss lender UBS that the pandemic has reinforced their company's goal of moving at least some of that production elsewhere. 34% of the more than 450 executives surveyed represent companies with manufacturing in China. U.S.-based firms weren't the only ones looking to move. 85% of North Asian firms and 60% of Chinese manufacturers also said they were planning to move at least some production from the mainland, where COVID-19 was first identified late last year. Together, the three surveys found up to 30% or $750 billion of China's $2.5 trillion of exports might be relocated. Quote, there could be a sizable, sizable rebalance as China's share of world exports has jumped 10 percent uh, percentage points since the early 2000s to about 14%, much higher than the U.S., Germany, and Japan, wrote UBS's global macro strategy team led by Keith Parker. The COVID-19 pandemic originated in Wuhan, China, has infected more than 8 million people, ravaged supply chains. That's uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, and it says here, the outbreak has led to an increased scrutiny of America's reliance on China for not only key medical supplies, but production capacity in general. We know about this. Uh, of the firm survey, 92% of healthcare companies and 89% of consumer staple firms have already moved capacity out of China or are planning to do so. Technology, 80%, and consumer discretionary, 76% producers were also more likely to leave than industrial, 69%, and materials, 57% manufacturers. Um, that's a lot of percent. That's a lot, yeah. And I understand, like, industri- it's, for 69% of industrial and over half of materials, that's that's huge, huge. Uh, meanwhile, 82% of U.S. firms surveyed said they were looking to bring production home, while also considering Canada, 38%, Japan, 29%, and Mexico, 23%. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Japan, which has the most preferred destination for North Asian and Chinese companies, will be the biggest beneficiary from a supply chain exodus followed by Vietnam and the U.S., according to UBS. And it goes on here. It's you know it's business, so it's a lot of the tax information and stuff like that. But just business. It just seems yeah, like you know, uh, yeah, this is like uh, this is probably happening for a while now. So yeah, just kind well, of it's summary. interesting. It's interesting because of the theory that uh, you know the the fact that uh, the coronavirus was originated in China, and you know there's a theory that China. You know, didn't it, at the very least did not do much to stop the spread because, uh, you know, to, to sabotage the U.S. in some way. If that was the plan, it seems to be uh, backfiring quite a bit. That's a there's a lot of people pulling business out of China, Yeah. Um, which, of course, you know, there's there's enough business in China. They can afford to lose some, but it's they're certainly not going to be happy about it. There's also the the flip side of the conspiracy theory. I want to mm-hmm. clearly state theory. That this mm-hmm. was a, a U.S.-based plant mm-hmm. in China to bring home production, you know? Yes. If you listen to the CCP, <laughs> uh, then COVID was uh, created by the United States in order to bring down China, in which case, uh, apparently, that happens to be working pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so who knows trust what the, plan. the actual trust plan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, have you been reading Q again, Gonzo? No, I haven't. No. I just wanted to throw that in there <laughs> no. because it's a. I know I gotta offend some people. Yeah. I, I apologize if I offended you to uh, well, all the Qites out there. Speaking of China, I got some for you. Let's uh, hit that China again. That's right. Some Chinese news. Now, of course, we're going to lean a little bit to the right here with express.co.uk. World War Three, India slaughters five slaughters, slaughters five Chinese soldiers in bloody massacre. Border tensions erupt. Wow. There's some uh, inflammatory language there. Uh, article reads, there were losses on both sides of the battle as one of the Indian Army's officers and two soldiers were killed in a violent face-off at Galwan Valley, one of the four clash points in the eastern Ladakh sector. These are the first reported casualties in decades to result from a clash between the nuclear-armed Asian giants. China has not yet confirmed the deaths or numbers of injured. India's army said on Tuesday, senior military officials from both sides were meeting in a desperate bid to calm tensions. Uh, The Indian Army statement said, quote, senior military officials of the two sides are currently meeting at the venue to defuse the situation. Talks to pull back hundreds of troops deployed in the remote region have been held over the last 10 days, but no breakthrough had emerged. Indian government sources said no shots were fired, but a physical fight broke out between the two sides with soldiers using batons and throwing stones, which resulted in in the casualties. Whoa, what? The Indian Army army confirmed there had been an incident on monday and both sides had suffered casualties the army said quote during the de-escalation process underway in the galwan valley a violent face-off took place yesterday night with casualties on both sides during the de-escalation process yeah we got in a bar fight and killed a bunch of people yeah. that is uh some some fancy footwork there with the the pr people uh, quote, the loss of lives on the Indian side includes include an officer and two soldiers. Senior military officials of the two sides are currently meeting at the venue to defuse the situation. Sources said the officer who died was a colonel rank. 
Uh, let's see. But mystery surrounds the situation after Chinese foreign ministry spokesman Zhao Lihan uh, said on Tuesday he was not aware of any incident on the border with India after the Indian Army. It's politicians, man. Uh, why are they? Why are they always the last ones to know? No, I'm not aware. I haven't heard a thing. Oh, somebody died. Oh, I don't know. A bar fight between our two armies. Weird. Uh, Hu Jijin, uh, editor in chief at of China's Global Times newspaper, tweeted, "Quote: Based on what I know, Chinese side also suffered casualties in the Galwan Valley physical clash." He then sent a chilling warning to India, adding, "Quote: I want to tell the Indian side, don't be arrogant and misread China's restraint." as being weak. China doesn't want to have a clash with India, but we don't fear it. No fear. The Global Times is published by the People's Daily, the official newspaper of Chinese ruling Communist Party, so it's, you know, propaganda. Right. Responding to the news, reti- uh, responding to the news, retired U.S. Army Colonel Lawrence Sellin tweeted, telling China uh, not to push India. Okay, a lot of tweets going back and forth. Anyways, the, the article warfare. is actually... What? It's the modern warfare now. Just yes, right. Geopolitical decisions being made over uh, tweet storms. And the article goes on quite a bit. I don't know if you had anything. uh, I think uh, I had anything highlighted there that was interesting to you. Uh, Not much other than they kept using the phrase Asian giants. Yes. Confirming my my theory that the Nephilim are present in China. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like how this the 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 article is saying you know that starts out the headline World War Three yeah well India the- slaughters five Chinese soldiers and World War Three you know is starting with a fist fight between uh, <laughs> yeah two yeah. countries it's a false flag uh, yes. but it, there's a little chart here at the bottom that shows the largest militaries in the world and. Um, as, as of 2019, military manpower, China, with 2,183,000 is number one. India is number two, with 1,362,500, uh, just followed by U.S. and North Korea. So I think that's why the World War III concept is the two biggest military two. Man, you know, manpower <laughs> armies yeah. uh, going at it, slapping each other. Well, not slapping each other, but we, can't, we shouldn't be insensitive, fist. Basil. People died. People uh, were killed true. here. It's not cool. People died, but uh, you know we're more making fun of this article than anything else. But, I know. Uh, but I mean, you make a good point. It seriously is is not. It's not not serious when India and China have clashes like this. Apparently, this happens every so often. Right. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I might need to educate myself a little bit more on that geopolitical situation. I actually did not know that there were such tensions uh, between India and China. I know that uh, with the Tibet thing was a little shaky. I know they're both kind of involved in that. Um, fun fact. Uh, there is like a four mile stretch of border that China shares with Afghanistan. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think if you look at a, a map, um, India and China are, you know, pretty much right next to there's, they're split by Nepal and there's, you know, a couple little small countries in between, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, th- these are huge populations. If they get into full on, obviously this is, you know, the, the headline is pretty sensational. It's probably not going to start some kind of crazy uh, nation versus nation conflict, but it, it might, it might, you know, stir some emotions or whatever. And, uh, but it's it just, uh, you know, I just got to keep an eye on some of the 
things going yeah. on out there in the world, especially the article, with these huge powers, because uh, you're not going to hear about it, you know, really on your local news or even maybe uh, American conservative yeah. alternative news. You're probably not going to hear too much of this type of information. So. No, well, you know, it, <laughs> it's it's a special kind of uh, perspective that Americans have. We can't imagine World War Three breaking out without us being involved. Yeah. Hey, 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 wait a hey, minute here. Hey, don't American make us step in. Sides. We're supposed to be in World War Three, not you. Um, just for a little background here, the article does give a little bit of a background. It says the two sides have been locked in a standoff in the Galwan Valley in Western Himalayas for weeks with both accusing each other of trespassing into the other's territory. Yeah. Stay off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> India and China fought a brief border war in 1962 and have not been unable and have not been unable to settle their border dispute despite talks spread over two decades. Good, good, uh, okay. good, good double negative have, there. Have not been unable. Yeah. Border guards uh, have had skirmishes, even fist fights when pa- patrols have confronted each other. But there has been no loss of life for more than 30 years. So, wow. Yeah, that's a big deal. Some actual loss of life for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. So Yeah. That, okay. That's probably, again, that's probably why they, the, the World War Three. although like, it's, it's just such a I don't know. I don't know that World War Three is going to break out over this particular issue. You never know, Gonzo. But you never know. You never know. But there you go. Tensions rising over there between China and India. Yeah. Well, we're going to finish out one more story about China before we take a quick break, a twitch break. But uh, <laughs> if I'm going to have to root for China or India, I'm going with India. I'm going to go with Dalsim. Remember Street <laughs> Why? Fighter? Because oh, Halsim. Because China, man, I, they're just, they're creepy. Welcome to Chinese Yours! That's racist, man. And this is actually New York Times, but I forgot that I can't read it. So I'm going to, I had this backup article here, which is basically the New York Times article, uh, which, by the way, has this like pretty nifty looking uh, DNA scroll thing happening. Uh, if anybody watching on the on the screens, but this is BD News 24. This is just publishing the New York Times article. China collects DNA from tens of millions using U.S. gear. And it says here, the police in China are collecting blood samples from men and boys from across the country to build a genetic map of its roughly 700 million males, giving uh-huh. authorities a powerful new tool for their emerging high tech surveillance state. They have swept across the country since late 2017 to collect enough samples to build a vast DNA database, according to a new study published on Wednesday by the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, a research organization based on documents also reviewed by the New York Times. With this database, authorities would be able to track down a man's male relatives using only that man's blood, saliva, or other genetic material. The U.S. company Thermo Fisher is helping. Thermo Fisher, what are you doing? Uh, The Massachusetts company has sold testing kits to Chinese police tailored to their specifications. American lawmakers have criticized Thermo Fisher for selling equipment to Chinese authorities, but the company has defended its business. The project is a major escalation of China's efforts to use genetics to control its people, which had been focused on tracking ethnic minorities and other more targeted groups. It would also add to a growing sophisticated surveillance net that the police are deploying across the country, 
one that increasingly includes advanced cameras, facial recognition systems, and artificial intelligence. The police say they need a database to catch criminals and that donors cons- uh, consent uh, to handing uh, over their DNA. Some officials within China, as well as human rights groups outside its borders, warn that a national DNA database could invade privacy and tempt officials to punish the relatives of dissidents and activists. Rights activists argue that the collection is being done without consent because citizens living in an authoritarian style or authoritarian state have virtually no right to refuse. Already, the program is running into an unusual amount of opposition in China. Quote, the ability of the authorities to discover who is most intimately related to whom, given the context of the punishment of entire families as a result of one person's activism, is going to have a chilling effect on society as a whole, said Maya Wang, Chinese researcher for Human Rights Watch. The campaign even involves schools. In one southern coastal town in China, young boys offered up their tiny fingers to a police officer with a needle about 230 miles to the north. Officers went from table to table taking blood from schoolboys while girls watched quizzically. Hmm. Jan Huoling, 31, gave a blood sample too. He had no choice. Authorities told Jiang, a computer engineer from a rural county in northern China, that, quote, if blood wasn't collected, we would be listed as a black household. It was racist. What? He said, yeah. la- <laughs> he said last year, uh, and it would deprive him and his family of benefits like the right to travel and go to a hospital. That's pretty intense. Tracking China's males, Chinese authorities are collecting DNA samples from men and boys for one simple reason. They commit more crimes, statistics show. The impetus for the campaign can be traced back to a crime spree in the northern Chinese region of Inner Mongolia. For nearly three decades, the police there investigated the rapes and murders of 11 women and girls, one as young as eight. They collected 230,000 fingerprints and sifted through them, uh, sifted through more than 100,000 DNA samples. They offered a $28,000 reward. Then, in 2016, they arrested a man on unrelated bribery charges, according to the state news media. Analyzing his genes, they found he was related to a person who had left his DNA at site of a 2005 killing of one of the women. That person, Gao Chengyang, confessed to the crimes and was executed. Ooh. Gao's capture spurred the state media to call for the creation of national database of male DNA. The police in Henan province showed it was possible after amassing samples from 5.3 million men, or roughly 10% of the province's male population. Uh, That's between 2014 and 2016. In November 2017, the Ministry of Public Security, uh, which controls the police, unveiled plans for a national database. China already holds the world's largest trove of genetic material totaling 80 million profiles, according to state media, but earlier DNA gathering efforts were often more focused. Officials targeted criminal suspects for groups they considered potentially destabilizing, like migrant workers in certain neighborhoods. The police have also gathered DNA from ethnic minority groups like the Uyghurs as a way to tighten the Communist Party's control over them. The effort to compile a national mail database broadens those efforts, says Emil Dirks, an author of the report from the Australian Institute and a PhD candidate in the Department of Political Science at the University of Toronto. Quote, we are seeing the expansion of those models to the rest of China in an aggressive way that I don't think we've seen before, Dirks said. 
Uh, in the report released by the Australian Institute, it is estimated that authorities aim to collect DNA samples from 35 million to 70 million men and boys, roughly 5 to 10% of China's male population. They do not need to sample every male because one person's DNA sample can unlock the genetic identity of male relatives. See, and that's the problem right there. Yeah. That's what we've been saying about the DNA collection for a while is the problem is you don't need everybody's DNA. You just need enough where you can pinpoint everybody related to them. Right. Um, Uh, Fact checker bot. We're so thankful for chat fact checker bot in uh, in Twitch here. Um, Wants to remind you, Gons, that it's not just racist. It's sexist and racist. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yes. That's true. Anti-male. Uh, when the Times tried to fax questions about the database to the Ministry of Public Security, fax? They're using fax over there in China? They have a, the, the most sophisticated surveillance apparatus, but they're using fax machines still? Anyway, yeah. an employee said it could not accept them without permission from a senior official. Local officials often publicly announce the results of their sampling. In Donglong County in the Guangxi region, the police said they had collected more than 10,800 samples covering nearly 10% of male population. Uh, in Yijun, Yijun County in uh, Shanxi province, the police said it had collected more than 11,700 samples, or one quarter. To estimate the project's ambitions, the Australian Institute looked at sampling rates in 10 counties and districts, then studied purchase orders for DNA test kits from 16 more jurisdictions. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we get it. Is there... Yeah, I think there was a, um, it goes it's into some stuff. Long, I think we, yeah, there's a section here about how, uh, let me just read this part here. Although the Chinese authorities are still building their database, its consent are already being used to ramp up surveillance in March. Officials in Guangdong township in Southwestern Sichuan province said the male blood samples they had collected would be used to bolster the local sharp eyes project. According to a government notice found by the Australian strategic policy Institute, The project is a major government surveillance program that encourages people in the countryside to report on their neighbors. Snitches get stitches. Ank Bioengineering, a biotech company based in eastern Anhui province, is using the male DNA database to build a DNA, this is a quote, DNA Skynet, according to Hu Bangjun, a spokesman for the company. Skynet is China's policing system that combines video surveillance and big data. Although, isn't Skynet from <laughs> Terminator? The Terminator. Movie? Yeah. But the National Male DNA Collecting a Collection Program is running into an unusual amount of opposition in China. <laughs> uh, even China, even the compliant Chinese are starting to say like, no. Uh, generally, <laughs> Chinese citizens have accepted intrusions by the central government uh, into their internet use and other facets of life. But DNA collection is not regulated under Chinese law. And officials worry that the public would react negatively to a broad database containing their genetic secrets and family ties. And um, and actually, I was trying to find this. uh, This is kind of a long article, but there's a section at the end here. And I'm sorry, I'm just kind of going on and on. But uh, (laughs) there's some, well, we kind of know about it already. But uh, it says here, in an interview, Jiang said he had paid a hospital in Beijing to collect his samples and mailed them. Uh, he was told, okay, so he basically, um, okay, well, let me just read this last part here. This is one of the people that they're, they're quoting here in, uh, quote, in some cases, your blood and saliva, which was collected in advance can be put at the crime scene later. He said, quote, you're not there, but your DNA might be on the scene. 
This is what I'm worried about, the possibility of being framed by the government. So, yeah. yeah that- well, I mean, that's it's is not unheard of in China. Um, you know, and of course, yeah, having your that's one of the biggest risks of having your your DNA cataloged by the government is, you know, is it kind of kind of in the same way that uh, they'll use tax laws to crack down on on people in the U.S. who they want to silence or whatever or just punish. Um, yeah, if they have a whole database filled with your DNA, they can just choose anybody that they want to frame, which again, sounds crazy, uh, but uh, would not be unheard of considering the uh, Chinese Communist Party over there and the, the types of things that they've been doing, especially cracking down on things like the Hong Kong protest, right. uh, stuff like that. And, you know, one thing that's fallen out of the news is the Hong Kong protests. They've been protesting for, I think, a year, over a year now, uh, specifically about the interaction of uh, criminal investigations and uh Uh, extradition and things like that from Hong Kong to mainland China uh, and the, you know, the people, the capitalist Hong Kong uh, versus the communist China and, you know, the the tightening of the grip, communist grip over Hong Kong. Uh, Those Hong Kong protests still going on, by the way. Haven't heard much about it recently, though. Because we, (laughs) our own protests in America broke out. So yeah, kind of distracted. But yeah, this is a, it's troubling because obviously there it's troubling in China, but you know, if we're following the pattern of what's happened to the United States based on what China was doing, this is coming to the U S for sure. If if not already with some of these companies, like uh, what, what are those, the big DNA uh, companies? 23 and me and 23 and me, right. Where it's, but it's still, uh, you know, voluntary. We pay to get our DNA taken over here. That's in capitalist America. You <laughs> pay to be spied on. Right. But the, the, that kind of database can easily be either hacked or, you know, who knows? Oh, of course. Secu- um, yeah. The and, security issues. And certainly that, that type of uh, framing and think about how much easier it would be for, you know, groups like the FBI who work on framing people to uh, make them look like domestic terrorists. It'd be so much easier, so much cheaper to it's just plant some DNA. Guns. It's not framing guns. It's not framing. It's entrapment. Entrapment. You're right. Okay. Sorry. Entrapment. The, <laughs> they the don't frame usage. anybody. They just convince people to commit crimes. Right. Well, okay. I'm just going to call it framing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it would be so much easier if they're like, hey, see, this person's DNA was over at this, uh, you know, this, uh, I don't know, munitions yeah, of or course. explosive factory or whatever it is. So. Yep. Anyway, Makes troubling stuff. Yeah. Well, luckily we don't have to worry about that here yet. <laughs> it's well, coming. Gons, on that note, let's take a quick little break. Don't <laughs> go anywhere, anybody. Note. Don't go anywhere, anybody. After the break, the very quick break, where we're going to thank some of our Twitch followers and others, we're going to be talking about the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. There's some things going on there you definitely don't want to miss so stick (laughs) around uh but first guns let's take a break it's break time come on take a break 
Come on, take a break. Thank you, everybody, for watching today. And we especially want to thank some of our new Twitch followers. I was reading through the list, the new Twitch follower list. Right. There's some really funny ones. So thank you guys uh, so much for following on Twitch. As we've been talking about the past few episodes, uh, YouTube has not been very kind to Gons or I recently. Um, and there is always the possibility that the streams uh, will stop arriving there on YouTube. So if you have not done it yet, just as a backup plan, uh, you should head to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Follow us there. Turn on notifications uh, so you can get the show three times a week. Gons, uh, if you don't mind throwing that link in the chat there for us. And uh, after you do that, Oops. get your what, right. get your dinger ready. Sounds like the dinger's It dinged. is ready. Okay. Good. Uh, and I will go through and thank some new followers. First of all, well, let me reload, see if there's any people. I want to make sure Reloaded. we get everybody. Here we go. I want to start with Lady Liberty 17. Thank you very much, Lady Liberty. Uh, next, we've got Elizabeth Russell. Thanks, Elizabeth Russell. Following us on Twitch, Cephas 74. You need God 90. Thank you. I like it. Thank you for the follow. By Russ 2020. Oh, Gons, we've got another celebrity following us today. Dr. Deborah Burks follows Ooh. us on Twitch now. Fantastic. I know. I Welcome. love it. All, all the uh, the people in charge are knowing now where to come to uh, get their news. Thank you, Do Dr. Deborah Burks, following the show. Jason, 2671. Uh, Solid Snakes BFF. <laughs> Very good. We got a gamer in town here. Uh Oh my gosh. I'm going to just take a running start at this one. We'll see where it goes. Designated Dan. Oh, designated Dan for life. There we go. Hello. You're Dan for life. You've been Dan designated. We've got Laura Cotton. Thanks, Laura Cotton. We got Mama Brick C19. We got Brick Jack C. Be Quick. Snowy Day 7. Wake up, normies. Thank you. Wake up, normies. Good name. Dave. What? Uh, 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 what? Normie. <laughs> Play that again. Normies. Wow, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one. There's this one, too. I, I, I cut out the, the profanity, so uh, it, okay. we, can, we can work with it here. But yeah, here's okay. this one. Normies. Wow. I don't know if I ever want to hear that one again. <laughs> that scared normies. me. Normies. Uh, Dave Riccio, 777. Dr. Lopsop. <laughs> this one's good. We got Daddy Gil Bates. Daddy Gil Bates. Daddy Gil Bates following us. Thank you very I much. Like Cutus. Cutus. Oh, and here's a good one. Mama Fauci. Oh, Mama Fauci. We got Daddy Fauci and we got Mama Fauci. Oh, we got the whole Fauci. Ed, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. We need baby Fauci next. Uh -oh. All right, Grumble Butts. Thank you, Grumble Butts. And a couple more here. Denny Wop and Sam Tabor, 457. Thank you very much to our new 
Twitch followers, you guys are the best. And uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, you should uh, you should watch on Twitch uh, because it helps us get those numbers up, helps uh, helps us hit some goals. It's going to unlock some very cool tools. And with YouTube demonetizing uh, everybody's Facebook channels, uh, sorry, YouTube channels, Gonza's uh, YouTube face like the sun has recently been demonetized, and they're pretty. They got a pretty uh, happy trigger finger on the uh the the censorship button over there on yours even when you're trying to set conspiracy you know crazy conspiracy theories straight guns they still got to shut you up as a person of color yeah. and they're uh, yeah. they're censoring you over there i know on, i should i should uh make a bigger deal about that i should be like hey again i should just call out susan wajiki for being racist that's right We're practicing that's her right. white supremacy Silencing on channels like mine the voices of people of color silencing the minority uh but i I was just um, over here i was looking up the talk shows and podcast uh Uh section of twitch yes and we're we're competing against the star trek live stream marathon yes so i don't know uh, if that's a star trek sanctioned event but there's sixteen thousand viewers (laughs) watching star trek uh over on twitch there that seems like a, a copyright violation waiting to happen but who knows maybe that's uh, jean-luc picard himself maybe that's his twitch channel maybe so uh we got to get them to raid us that'll be the the next step anybody over there at the star trek united uh twitch stream just just send everybody our way and get the get the truth out there right um okay anything else you want to do for this break are you good i think i'm good let's get into some some chaz chaz news back to business or is it chap news i, I don't even know anymore get in the zone capitol hill zone. Chaz stinks. okay for those who uh, uh are living under a rock chaz the capitol hill uh, autonomous zone is the uh, police-free, government-free uh, commune area that has been taken over or established over there in Seattle, the Capitol Hill District. Um, we've been talking about it for a few episodes, as has everybody in the world. But I'm here reading from nationalfile.com. I don't know anything about this outlet, so I might have to take a look. But the article is titled, Video! Costumed superheroes deployed in place of police within Chaz. So, of course, we had Raz the Rapper, uh, you know, (laughs) being colloquially called a warlord, uh, filling the vacuum of power there, trying to keep the peace. But uh, Raz better watch out because now we have some actual costumed superheroes and the article reads a team of vigilantes who identify both as the seattle superheroes and as non-binary has (laughs) emerged what's that i just say that i don't know that that was necessary to be a superhero but well it's important it's an important detail for these superheroes okay Okay. they're both seattle superheroes and non-binary uh they've emerged in the capitol hill autonomous zone in riot ravaged (laughs) riot ravaged seattle washington okay i'm assuming we're leaning a little bit right here on this uh uh, story, but let's figure it out. Governed by nothing but a bizarre conflict reduction advisory council and a rogue warlord, <laughs> the Chaz has quickly descended into chaos. At night, the zone is plagued by addiction, crime, and violence. Plagued okay. by addiction? 
<laughs> okay. All right. So we know where we're coming from with this article, but let's keep going. The NOQ uh, report summarizes reporting by conservative journalist Jack Pasebic on the rapidly deteriorating situation within the Chaz. Oh, so this is your buddy Pasebic, or as Gons likes to call him, Pusaya Boyak. <laughs> Puso Bayek. Burned you. I burned you in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's a weak uh, burn. Weak burn. Yeah. Here's a quote Daddy from Basil. Uh, oh no. Here's a quote from Pacific. According to mainstream media, the jazz is more like a version of Coachella with live music and street art. A truly festive atmosphere. As Pacific reported, this is mostly true. During the day when mainstream media's cameras are rolling. At night, it's completely different story. But at night, okay, great, cool, cool writing. At night, it's completely different story. But at night, the narrative I know, is difficult I, to capture. I, I read this exact, like we literally read this article yesterday, I think, or the <laughs> so last episode. Bad. So we yeah, did. This anyway. is a quote from that last article. So we're continuing the uh, the genealogy here of reporting, conservative reporting. Oh, man, where was I? As Pasebic reported, this is mostly true during the day when mainstream media's cameras are rolling. At night, it's a completely different story. But at night, the narrative is difficult <laughs> to capture because anyone with a camera out is instantly mobbed by people asking questions and attempting to block off filming. Like Democrats in the mainstream media, many living in the Chaz do not want the truth getting out. Horrible situations were revealed throughout the journalist's final night in Seattle, a break-in and an attempted arson of a local business owner. An, an accused thief attacked and searched before being further assaulted. Rampant drug use, unspeakable sanitation issues, quote, medics who shield assaults rather than treat the assaulted. These are just some of the things revealed by Pasebic in his flurry of videos posted to Twitter and live-streamed from Periscope. Uh, given the Chaz's ban on police, law enforcement appears to have taken a particularly peculiar form within the zone. Three individuals in brightly colored costumes emerged on Sunday night, identifying as the Seattle superheroes. Very creative name. Uh, the vigilantes introduced themselves to reporters <laughs> as Red Ranger, Spirit Fox, and Justin Service. Kind of, they, they sound I like, feel like the last guy didn't quite put enough energy into his cool name. It sounds like these Red guys Ranger, could be uh, Spirit Fox, and I'm Justin. At your service. No, he's just in service. Get it? What, just, what does that even mean? Who says he's that? He's just serving. That's all he's doing. He's just okay, in service. Good. good. Um, <laughs> I get you. I get you, bro. Or, Quote, or, 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 <laughs> yes, Justin you Service are. is your favorite. It's one of those things where, like, uh, you know, depending on who your favorite Seattle superhero is, says a lot about your your personality. <laughs> yeah. you I was going to say bro, but maybe because they identified as non-binary, maybe it's yeah. Oh yeah, don't make that mistake. Red yeah. Ranger, Spirit Fox, and Justin Service, Gonz's favorite. Quote, we patrol around, keep people safe, that kind of thing, Red Ranger told a reporter. Two of the vigilantes, Red Ranger and Spirit Fox, oh, the look at this. Hold on, sorry, I'm playing some video of them. Okay. In the in the background while you go here. Sorry, go ahead. Two of the vigilantes, Red Ranger and Spirit Fox, previously gave an interview in 2018 during the far left May Day demonstrations, along with a fourth vigilante, El Caballero. Quote, usually we do a safety patrol nocturnally. 
Red Ranger stated then. Their Twitter account mostly features tweets about DC, Marvel, and local comic book stores in the city. The rise of these untrained... (laughs) (laughs) They're untrained... The rise of these untrained masked vigilantes as a replacement for law enforcement further highlights the need for a restoration of law and order in Antifa-occupied Seattle. So there you go. We got uh, we got some vigilantes on the scene. They got their cool uh, their cool names, their cool outfits. Uh, what did that video show, Gons? Anything interesting? They're just talking. I, I I haven't really heard what they say. It's just them standing there and yeah. Well, it's fun. It's a fun uh, way to express yourself. I wonder if they've actually stopped any crime. That would be <laughs> good to know. There might be, a, a, you know, it's kind of a perfect setup for a real superhero story. I mean, you've got uh, the the breakdown of law and order. The cops aren't allowed in there. And so a warlord takes over and starts, uh, you know, harassing and pestering people, threatening them with guns. And then that's when Red Ranger, Spirit Fox, and Justin need to come in and uh restore uh justice i guess sure i yeah, yeah. i mean it's a pretty yeah you're right it's a perfect opportunity i did see uh during the the protests and some of the more you know uh, violent protests and riots and stuff uh-huh. there was uh there was some footage going around of a guy dressed as batman yeah. just like walking into the whole protest situation that's a and good way so, to get uh, kicked by somebody kicked or or I get a big wedgie. I, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> what are you against nerds now? This no, is... I love nerds. Okay. And just I just, sure. I, well, I'm caring for Batman. I don't want him to get a wedgie walking around. Uh, <laughs> I think he already has. He's like a, his suit gives him a wedgie, doesn't that's it? That's why he has that armor, that good butt armor. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. I mean, I think this, for some reason, I was not actually surprised by this happening. No, I just think it's fantastic that they're i, I wouldn't be so curious it, it, i would i want to see them try to you know come in and and help out you know i think everybody involved would kind of yeah. what everybody would stop. i gotta say everybody everybody who's seen this show knows i have very complex views about uh the the taking of justice into the hands of civilians but uh you know what i think you know Chaz ultimately being an experiment I think you, you had to try this out. You got to try out the superhero experiment. If anything, I really pray for their safety. I think if the Seattle superheroes come in contact with Raz and there's some sort of disagreement, I don't think that would turn out well for uh, the Seattle superheroes, but um, I'll, I'll just hope that they, they focus on taking photo ops and things like that. Well, if anything, it'll take the attention away. Hopefully, you know, if, if let's say a group of, folks are beating up on a business or trying to take down or, or whatever it is, these guys show up, all that attention is going to go off. Where whoever the victim is, they're going to go after these guys in the, in the suit and the armor here. So, Oh yeah. If a little fight breaks out and somebody shows up in, uh, in, uh, you know, a leotard and some hockey armor, they're the first ones to get picked up. It, it does look uh, like they just kind of, uh, threw together whatever they, they had going on. Football incomplete. pads. 
incomplete <laughs> in sure. the uh, in the chat room says as a cosplayer i'm offended uh, i think there's a lot of reasons to be offended and yeah you know somebody needs to help these guys out with the costumes a little bit but best of luck to you seattle superheroes i hope you uh well, bring bring the peace it's like it's like any kind of superhero story the first iteration of their outfit is always very janky you know and then you, you always have that reveal moment where like they have the upgraded armor right you got to start out you got to start, start out, out with the homemade costume and then, start and then a benefactor comes around yes. and uh pays for your your tech upgrades i get it it's yeah. there we, we caught the the seattle superheroes at a weird time you know this, <laughs> Early this time next year they'll be showing up in uh kevlar and and batmobiles <laughs> If it's not a copyright infringement. All right, we got another uh, Chaz Stanks update. In the zone. Capitol Hill AutoZone. Chaz Stanks. Now, this is a town hall article that I found. I guess it's an opinion piece or something. Yeah, town I, hall I, is a conservative uh, Okay, so it is conservative. Outlet. So it had to be kind of uh, satirical or not satirical per se, but like sarcastic. I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell reading it, but. I'm going to read it anyway because it's kind of uh, it's interesting. A warning to Trump and Republicans: Leave the nation of Chaz Chop alone. It says here. I'm going to make the letters words bigger here. This is a letter to the people of Chaz, to the good people of Chaz. Greetings and salutations, my lefty friends. I'm going to help you build your experimental new revolutionary nation now that you have your borders and armed militia right in the middle of Seattle. Chaz is the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone made up of several blocks of Seattle that were commandeered by protesters when the cops were told to pull back and let the people, quote-unquote, just loot what they wanted and run their own lives. Quote, you are now leaving the USA, said a sign at the border of Chaz. Some of the citizens of Chaz don't like the name and want it changed to CHOP, Hmm. Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. I'm confused, and so are they. But the Chapitistas, or the Chazians, do have a collective farm, armed guards, snacks, art projects, and most likely poetry uh, readings of approved texts. And they reportedly even have a tax on people and remaining businesses to help with operations, but that just might be royalist propaganda. Building a new nation isn't easy, my Chazian friends, but to prove I support true diversity, I'll write you your constitution, spelled with a K, so you may organize yourselves from your collective farms to your appropriate sports activities and even how best to wear your underwear. So I guess it's a mocking of them. Is yeah, that what's, what's of course. Going on? This is a conservative you, <laughs> uh, mocking open letter. If you follow the constitution of Chaz Chop. You'll at least be sure to keep your plants alive so you won't go hungry and begin cannibalizing the weak, whom you care so much. Uh, <laughs> care so much about. Come on, let's go. The first article of the Constitution specifies that all plants must be nourished with brown dough because brown dough was, uh, has what plants crave, electrolytes. Everybody knows it's this is true. If you don't brown-do. know about what? Brown dough. Brown dough. What did I say? Brown dough. Okay. If you don't know what Chaz Chop, or if you don't know about Chaz Chop, you're probably still stuck on old COVID-19 news, <laughs> worried that if you dare gather in groups, you'll be denounced as murderers willing to spread disease. 
But then came the George Floyd protests and public health experts who did not want to be denounced as witches decided we may gather as before, even in Chaz Chop. Besides, Chaz Chop isn't some fake country. There isn't some fictional idiocracy like the science fiction movie that accurately predicts America's future and from which I stole the fake brown Brando idea. Chaz Chop isn't a fiction uh, like Brando. It's a real live nation in the state of Washington, which should soon be renamed because, well, the name Washington triggers so many now, they might as well call it the Republic of Howard Zinn. Which, by the way, uh, Howard Zinn, you, you know who he is, right? He's a, mm. like a Remind political the author. He's, he's a, an author of politics. I can't remember the name of the book, but high school, my senior, junior year of high school of AP history, mm-hmm. one of the main textbooks was written by Howard Zinn. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, yeah, so... There you go. Some uh, socialist type of education going on in the public schools back in high school for me. Stay free, Chaz Chop. Never bend the knee to President Donald Trump. Although I guess Howard Zinn was sort of both for and against. It was a complex thing. Trump is the only thing that can screw up this brave new world. So I'm warning Trump and all Republicans to leave Chaz Chop alone. Don't be stupid and send in the military, Mr. President. That would be idiotic and you'll ruin everything. The governor of Washington doesn't mind Chaz Chop being its own country in the middle of Seattle as the mayor of Seattle doesn't mind either. Just let Chaz Chop be so it can prove to everyone how a people can govern themselves with no laws or law enforcement. Uh, uh, not true. Disinfo. We've got the Seattle superheroes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, these, these people are not, not informed, these conservative know. outlets. Just let people live in their natural state and just do what feels right. And let's see what happens. Uh, it'll be like Lord of the Flies, but with good coffee. Seattle police chiefman Carmen Best said pulling out the police to allow the formation of Chaz Chop wasn't her big idea. She called it, in quote, exercise in trust and de-escalation. A lot of de-escalation talk today. Uh, and she's not even the mayor of Minneapolis. Now Chaz Chop may even have its, wor- its own warlord. There it is again. The rapper Raz Simone, but he hates being called a warlord. The president, uh, quote, the president really put a hit on my head, Simone tweeted. I'm not a terrorist warlord. Okay, but maybe you're you better change your name to something a bit more nebishly, like Fielding Mellish, the neurotic character played by Woody Allen in the movie Bananas, which is about a guy who joins a revolution because he's attracted to a revolutionary female. Oi, he goes on for a long time here. Yeah, I think we get it though. I mean you got you only got a little bit more. You can make it. Alright. Okay, where was I? You got Yes, this. I know Allen has get been in the flow. Cancelled, but bananas. Made before Alan's cancellation explains so much about Chaz Chop. Mr. Simone, how was declaring yourself king instead? But be a good king. Don't make people kneel like King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Either way, warlord, Melish, or king, you must help your people. With everybody in your humid nation already somewhat musky from lack of showers, you must protect the hygiene of the people. In Bananas, the leftist revolution prevailed in San Marcos, and the new Presidente made some important announcements. Quote, Hear me, I am your new president. From this day on, all citizens will be required to change their underwear every half hour. Underwear will be worn on the outside so we can check. Wise words. Underwear outside the pants for the good of the people. And what about recreation? You can't very well allow the people of Chaz Chop to play American football, which is a violent crypto-fascist game that glorifies the taking of land. That's true. <laughs> it is kind of true. Why did I decide to help Chaz Chop? Because here in America, our old, boring, quote, a republic, if you can keep it, thing is falling apart. It's not woke enough. 
We began decolonizing our libraries so that now Americans can't even remember why we started this Republic thing in the first place. Hail Chaz Chop. Stay free and change your name to Fredonia. It's smoother like a good latte. So there you go. John nice Cass, little fun. Poking some here, fun. Poking some fun. And, and also trying to, I think, make the point of uh, letting this sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, brew on its own to see, uh, I don't know, to show that this type of thing may not be the best situation well, it's definitely good for the show i am very curious to see how this is turning out it seems like every day there's a another fun detail that makes it uh makes however it turns out even that much more exciting you know if the yeah. military does come in and try to take it back which the i believe the governor and the mayor have both rejected the idea of bringing the military in to take back uh, the Capitol Hill autonomous zone. Um, but uh, certainly we, we would see what the, the type of uh, strength that the Seattle superheroes could muster if that were the case. But uh, yeah, there we go. Some good guy. I, I did like his point about uh, the good coffee. That's true. Yeah. And I do got to say, have you been to Seattle guns? A uh, long time ago. Yeah. I've been it there a couple a- times. It is a very moist place. The humidity, you kind of forget because it's traditionally kind of cold and rain, rainy up there. And you kind yeah. of, uh, you know, you connect humidity with hot places, uh, but it is cold and rainy and humid as all get out. You know, the uh, you know, lots of sort of mildew. Anytime you have carpet, it's kind of mildewy up there, at least yeah. in my experience. I, I went up there and I was uh, very young for some kind of swim meet thing. And, uh, we were really excited to go to the to see the Space Needle, but uh-huh. uh, it was too cloudy, and so it was pointless to to go up. So we didn't get to go. But and I okay. think we saw some fish markets. Isn't that where they toss the fish? Isn't oh that yeah, up there too. Yeah. Oh yeah, you hit all the good tourist yeah, all the spots good stuff. up there. And um, you know, one of the things that that's been out there is this idea that if you call the police and you're in the zone, then mm-hmm. the police won't show up. But this next story, oh I, I triggered little. everybody in the uh, in the chat by mentioning how moist it is. Oh my gosh! There. The toilet stuff wasn't enough, but the nope, moist. it's the word moist you. that really got them. Okay, All right, we got another Chaz story here. Get in the zone, Capitol Hill Auto Zone. Chaz stinks. Okay, so here we go. We're coming from the Washington Examiner here. The article is titled, Business Owner Claims Police Didn't Respond to Calls About Protester from Seattle Chaz Setting Fire to the Shop. Now, this is one of those disputed conversations that's been going on about the Chaz. And I think as we decided last show, um, I think there's a little bit of everything going on up there. Uh, Of course, in the American media, you got to take a left or a right stance and that kind of determines determines what you do or do not report. Um, so, you know, we heard about the, uh, the lawlessness and the, the taxing the, of businesses going on. Some of that has been refuted, um, but we're going to just swing over to this uh, other side here. Uh, last show I, I mentioned uh, I, was, I was given access to a set of pictures um, that a, a person walked into the Chaz to see what's going on and took pictures of how peaceful and sweet and nice it is. Um, but we're going to swing around the other side here. And this article is titled business owner claims police didn't respond to calls about protesters from Seattle Chaz setting fire to the shop. The article reads the owner of an auto shop 
Auto Zone. Yeah. Uh, near Seattle's Autonomous Zone, said his business was broken into and vandalized by at least one protester, but police never answered his, uh, this many calls to 911. Come on, guys. If you're going to publish something, have somebody take a look at it. I know. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I thought, when I read that, I thought, well, what was the outlet again? And, and I was like, Washington Examiner. Oh, wow. Okay. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man, come on. You know, a lot of these people, I feel like they just kind of do a stream of consciousness uh, rambling and then don't check their spelling or grammar or anything and just hit post. But here we go. The owner of an auto shop near Seattle's autonomous zone said his business was broken into and vandalized by at least one protester, but police never answered this many calls to 911. <laughs> this Car-tender. many. Tender. This many. Car tender owner John McDermott told local media outlet Cairo 7 that a person broke into the shop, tried to start a fire, and stole money and car keys over the weekend. The zone, dubbed Chaz or Chop, so that Chop thing is starting to uh, starting to catch on, was established last week following the death of George Floyd in May and declared itself free of police. McDermott said that he and his son, Mason McDermott, tried calling 911 more than a dozen times, but no officers came to the area. The father and son got to the establishment just as the suspect had rubbed hand sanitizer over the store's counter and lit it on fire. They were able to put the fire out quickly. That's very triggering, Gons. You can't be wasting hand sanitizer at a time like this. Do it the old-fashioned way. Get some diesel or something. Uh, moving on. Don't get diesel. Don't do anything. Don't set anything on fire. <laughs> Sarcasm, folks. Sarcasm. Quote, they broke into the building, set fire to the front counter, John McDermott said. I chased him down, and as soon as I came face to face, he came at me, so I put him on the ground, Mason McDermott said, adding that he held the suspect down as his father repeatedly called authorities. At some point, he tried to cut me with a box cutter and showed local journalists a rip on his jeans, he said. The father claimed police at first hinted they would respond to the calls. Quote, I'm told 19 times, he said, of how many times he called. They alluded they were sending someone. Finally, said they weren't going to send somebody. I don't know what to expect next. If you can't call the police department, you can't call the fire department to respond. What do you have? He continued. Heartbroken. I mean, they are the cavalry. Other protesters rushed over. <laughs> some, is, yeah, okay, so we got some uh, very pro- no abolishing the police in this guy's attitude here. No. no. Uh, other protesters rushed over when they saw the business owners uh, had the suspect detained, prompting them to release the person. Quote, it was either that or they were coming over and it was going to turn into mayhem beyond mayhem, John McDermott said. Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best denied the allegations that her department refused to respond to the calls. Quote, Seattle is not under siege and we are responding to every call and every area of the city best said on june 12th however seattle police officers reportedly received an email saying they would not respond to calls within chop unless a quote mass casualty event occurs the area encompasses the east precinct which was abandoned after protesters threatened to burn the precinct down the demonstrators have also issued a list of demands quote one the seattle police department and attached court systems are beyond reform we do we do not request reform we demand abolition 
the first demand says. This is no simple request to end police brutality. We demand that the city council and the mayor, whoever that may be, implement these policy changes for the cultural and historic advancement of the city of Seattle and to ease the struggles of its people. A blog post by a user named Free Capitol Hill reads, President Trump has demanded that officials take control of the situation or he will step in. Quote, radical left Governor Jay Inslee and the mayor of Seattle are being taunted and played at a level that our great country has never seen before. Trump tweeted, take back your city now. If you don't do it, I will. This is not a game. These ugly anarchists must be stooped immediately. Move fast. (laughs) The good old stooped. Stooped quote. Stoop it now, says Mr. Trump. Um, So, yeah, there you go. So that's... uh, Okay. A report uh, leaning to the side of, yes, the, the cops are unable to uh, answer all these calls. Okay, hold on, though, because they missed something that the Cairo 7 local report, like the news report, mentioned. It was which, uh, hold on, let me see if I can find. Protesters in the- Sorry. Let me try to okay. find the, the clip at the because they mentioned it at the end of the, the report here. The I'm going to try to. Area. It's uh, interviewing John McDermott here. Let me try to get to the bottom. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I asked SPD about this. They emailed me saying they did respond, but the business owners and protesters I talked with say they never saw an officer. I also caught up with Fire Chief Harold Scoggins, who stopped by the business here. He says that when they are inside the zone, they actually need SPD approval before responding. But this business is outside the CHOP or CHAZ zone, and so they should have been able to respond, and they're investigating what happened here last night and why no one came. Live- so you catch that. That, sh- that this actual business is outside the official zone. Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah. So, oh, we got you. We got you, Washington Examiner. It's not just Washington Examiner, but just the, I, the fact that they, the police didn't respond, even though they're technically outside the zone. Uh, interesting. So, well, you know, this kind of goes back to what was happening in Minneapolis when the community patrols were put together. It wasn't necessarily that uh, there were no cops come true. <laughs> or that the cops got pushed out. It was that the cops were busy with other things and didn't have the time or the manpower to respond uh, to in sort of the normal um, police duties, which is uh, obviously where the conversation goes when the uh, when the right is faced with responding to the abolish the police or defund the police uh, b- demands by people like the Chaz peeps is that, hey, we need the police for, because when a protester breaks in and it wastes all my hand sanitizer and then lights it on fire, uh, we're going to have a big problem. So there you go. But very interesting catch that it was not even within the Chaz that this guy's business is located. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe an AI wrote this article or Emma Colton. I wouldn't to, be surprised. Yeah. Emma Colton, the author of this article needs to maybe uh, watch the report from <laughs> Cairo seven news. It's before. a good place to start is actually <laughs> yeah. uh, watch and partake in the sources that you're using. Yeah. We're doing uh, yeah, a couple of podcaster video live streamers have to set the record straight with. Uh, That's the Washington right. We're going to save the world. <laughs> Are you going to become a Seattle superhero? I keep wanting I to wish. say Seattle Supersonics because that's the uh, old NBA team there that doesn't exist anymore. Ah, good to know. Yeah, uh, maybe that would be my superhero name, Supersonic. There you go. Well, are you going to turn blue and in, in, in a hedgehog? 
No, I'm going to be a basketball player and fight crime with my basketball of justice, Gons. Okay. <laughs> don't we have a assume, basketball story later today, too. Don't, don't assume my superhero identity. Okay. Got it. All right. What's next? I call it the super duper missile. Incredible. It's the only Trump kind of jingle we have, but it's super the, duper. The super duper. This is Axios.com. Trump signs executive order on police reform. Hmm. Yeah. So he's actually doing something. Uh, Let's see what he's doing. Don't think you're going to see this reported on like the lefty news outlets because it's kind of appealing to them in some, some certain way. Well, you probably won't see it on the righty news outlets either. That's true. This is actually very, uh, yeah, nonpartisan if you really think about it. But anyway. President Trump signed a modest executive order on Tuesday that encourages limiting the use of chokeholds and moves to create a national database for police misconduct. Why it matters. Top Trump aides recognize that he is under increased pressure to do something to address the mass outcry spurred by the killing of George Floyd. This order, which many lawmakers will say does not go far enough, is intended to send a message that Trump is willing to work with Congress on more meaningful reform. Trump said he had spoken privately with a group of families, many of whom lost relatives to police violence about the order earlier in the day. He specifically mentioned the families of Ahmad Arbery, Botham Jean, Antoine Rose II, Jamil Robertson, Tatiana Jefferson, Michael Dean, Darius Tarver, Cameron Lamb, and Everett Palmer Jr. Floyd's family was not present. Uh, those families were not present in the White House Rose Garden for the executive order signing. The president also encouraged Congress to pass its own, poli- uh, own police reform legislation. Despite the executive order, Trump made clear in his Rose Garden remarks that he is still a law and order president. Quote, we have to find common ground, but I strongly oppose the radical and dangerous efforts to defend, dismantle and dissolve our police departments, especially now. When we achieved the lowest record, uh, lowest recorded crime rates in recent history, he said, the president said, they mentioned that, uh, sick uh, after oh. he said defend, uh, meaning he, he met, probably meant to say defund, not defund. defend. Ah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. The president said there are a small number of bad police officers. They are very tiny. They're very They're tiny. Little tiny very police tiny. officers. They're I use so the word small. tiny. It is very small percentage, but you have them. <laughs> The big picture, <laughs> under the order, police departments that meet certain standards outlined by the Justice Department on use of force will be given access to federal grants, a senior administrator official said on a call with reporters on Monday. Departments must ban the use of chokeholds to receive such certification unless an officer is targeted by deadly force. This is interesting because remember the, the hairy legs Biden tweet? We got, we got to end chokeholds. Did you see that that tweet? Yeah, you got to end chokeholds. You got to shoot him in the leg. Shoot, <laughs> shoot him in the leg. Uh, goes on here. The order must also uh, the the order also moves to create a national registry to track police officers with multiple instances of the use of excessive force. The order also includes new uh, includes new programs that would help law enforcement officials better deal with mental illness, homelessness, and addiction, including. In- including encouraging departments to involve mental health professionals and social workers to work alongside officers in the field. Worth noting, the order does not address larger concerns about systemic racism and racial profiling in law enforcement. Quote, 
I strongly oppose the radical and dangerous efforts to... Wait, he already said this. Defund, dismantle... He said defund this time. Maybe they've just fixed it. Uh, de- de- yeah. Dismantle... Well, that's what I meant. He, he said it wrong the first time. Oh, so he wrote it, he said okay, it okay. right. Dismantle yeah, and dissolve the police sounds department. Sounds like we're having a little bit of a little bit of a connection problem. You're breaking up for me a little bit, and I see in the chat that uh, you're breaking up for them too. Oh, just look at to that. keep you posted. Our bit rate is down to 300 kilobytes, so yeah, it's probably oh, pretty no. ugly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, looks we're, like we're we got kicked we off back. YouTube. So yeah, oh, we, we got should kicked be coming off YouTube? back here in a second. Oh man. Uh, Americans know the truth. Without police, there's chaos. Without law, there's anarchy. Trump said. Our thought bubble, Axios. While the president began with a policy, uh, policy message aimed at addressing long-standing calls from civil rights active, uh, advocates, including by highlighting the database for bad cops, he quickly broke into standard campaign rhetoric by attacking Democrats like former President Obama and Harry Legs Joe, uh, Joe Biden. And we won't really, I mean, they had to throw that in there that, you know, he got political and started to throw people under the bus. But there you go. Trump signs an executive order on police reform. And I, I don't know, just based on the article, it seems reasonable to me some of the things that he was uh, suggesting in the executive order with, uh, you know, trying to teach yeah, uh, well, de-escalation and stuff like that. So I don't really yeah, have too well, big of a problem. Certainly, I mean, there, do need, there does need to be reforms like that. And, uh, you know, the argument there, it, depending on what side you're on, is is reforming the police in one way or another enough? Is that going to be enough, you know, to ban yeah. chokeholds and that sort of thing? There was a meme floating around called, uh, shoot, what was it called? Something with the, the, something with the number eight. Like there are eight strategies um, on how to reduce police killings. It included things like banning chokeholds, requiring uh, reporting on violent incidents, which apparently there isn't now. Uh, there's stuff like, um, I don't know, uh, do, doing some verbal announcements before you shoot, stuff like that, uh, that were supposed to take down the... The, the incidences of police violence, especially shootings and killings. But then quickly, it only took a couple days of that meme going around in the Black Lives Matter uh, hashtag for then, you know, some real Black Lives Matter activists turning around and saying, no, this is not enough. There's we cannot reform these. We're not supposed to take police shootings and killings down by whatever. Seventy percent. We're supposed to take it to zero. So we got to abolish the police. So even uh, amongst the um, the activists, there's some disagreement into exactly what should be done. But I think, you know, I think this is a good idea for Trump. I think he needs to address the problem. He can't not address the problem. I mean, it's a human problem. Even, you know, the real, even the real thinkers on the right, not just, you know, parrots. You know, there, of course, I'm saying there's parrots on both sides. But if you're not a parrot, you know that, uh, you know, you know, we should rein the police in. If you're a small government person, you shouldn't agree with the uh, overreach of the police in the first place. Right. And uh, I think that's right along the lines of, you know, a totally acceptable, even a party line towing Republican thing to do would yeah. be to pass, you know, you know, they need to be reined in one way or another. Um, now the, the question after that is, you know, what do you do then? Now this idea, so I had to do some talking, had to do some talking with, um, the, the, some black lives matter, uh, 
uh, adjacent people to really understand this defund the police thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, you know, especially on social media and stuff that obviously there's not a lot of back and forth, actual constructive conversation going on. And so I, I had to talk to some BLM people and really tried to get an idea of what this defund the police thing meant. Now, some of them are totally 100% get rid of police, we can police ourselves. So that does exist. Right. Um, but the other side of that is, you know, defunding the police is more about, you know, demilitarizing the police, taking away, you know, tanks and grenade launchers and some of the crazy stuff that, uh, you know, police are armed with nowadays with military surplus vehicles, things like that, <laughs> which, again, if you're if you are a conservative and you're a small government person, you do not want the government having the tyrannical ability to pull out a tank uh, here and there. That's just yeah. not cool. So I'm just trying to build some bridges here for a second. Um, but the idea for defund the police would be to take away the funding for things like you know, grenade launchers and military style, you know, body armor and uh, tanks and things like that. And put that money towards things like, you know, you, do, you don't have an armed police officer show up for every single possible thing going on. And much like is mentioned uh, in this article and included in Trump's executive order, you know, a lot of times if there's a, you know, somebody who seems mentally unstable, as long as they're not violent, you can have a, a social worker or a mental health professional show up, uh, not always having to respond with, you know, somebody with a gun or a taser, uh, just somebody who, you know, might be trained a little bit better in those types of situations. Um and same thing with the homeless. You know, you have a social worker show up. If you just have a small problem with the homeless, you don't always need an armed police officer for every single thing. And I think this is good. Even if you are a conservative person, which, you know, everybody knows I tend to lean conservative in most things. And uh, that includes, yeah, I mean, I don't, we don't need to be paying the the premium of having a couple cops show up when, you know, a simple social worker or mental health professional could get the job done just as good, uh, free the police up for real crimes and, uh, you know, avoid uh, any mix ups as far as training is concerned and uh, escalating or de-escalating a situation. So I think this is totally reasonable. And I think it's... Um, I think it's uh, it's it's telling that it made it into Trump's executive order. Now, will that get any attention from anybody? Probably not. I I have a feeling that uh, you're not going to see this a whole bunch on uh, mainstream media, whether conservative or liberal, because the liberals don't want to give an inch uh, to saying Trump did actually did something that they agree with. And the conservatives don't want to, you know, make their party seem weak on crime or whatever you want it want right. it to be. So sounds like this kind of sounds like you want to gamify the situation. You know, send in gamify. level one, send in level two. We must escalate to level three. Release the police. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think about it that way. That's an interesting way to think about it. But honestly, I don't know if that's the worst idea. Well, it. it it assumes some kind of, uh, I guess, surveillance apparatus to begin with to kind of scope out the situation, and, uh, unless it's reported by someone else. 
But like, if you have a nine one one call, yeah, it's always it's usually the the people answering the phones that determine you know how urgent the situation is, right? So maybe sure. those are the people yeah. that say, okay, well, <laughs> level one problem, whatever. But you know, I, yeah. I can understand maybe like a mall cop, a glorified mall cop situation. People rolling in on their. Well, I uh, I don't even think you. I don't even think you do that. I think there's a there's a triggering that happens uh, when you have someone in a uniform and a badge show up. You know, people don't. Right. A lot of people don't like authority, especially you know if you're talking about the homeless or the mentally, uh, I don't know, problematic in one way or another. Uh, yeah, you have somebody who even looks like a cop show up. They um, immediately will get defensive and could actually escalate the situation. Now, I've actually personally known a lot of uh, social workers. Actually, it's weird. I don't know why there's so many social workers in my life that <laughs> that I know. They're, I'm not their their patient or anything, but <laughs> I'm their friend. Um, and yeah, a lot of those people, I would much rather show up in some situations. Now, do I have any good examples right now? Not necessarily. I guess I'm thinking like, because uh, I'm trying to think of a reason why a cop would come in contact with a homeless person that wasn't, you know, get off my lawn type of thing. Um, oh, by the way, quick little update. Bike ride homeless village update. Uh, last last update I gave a few episodes ago, uh, the police had, you know, were driving their motorcycles down my bike path, kicking homeless people out. It was almost entirely cleared up. Uh, the... the <laughs> Since then, the homeless population has just about doubled on my bike path uh, since its original number. I mean, they're getting very creative on where they can stick tents. Um, so it's it's about five miles of, of just pure, uh, you know, a, homeless homes, tents. Wow, five miles. That's a big so. stretch. Yeah, and unfortunately, the park I, that I mentioned that, uh, you know, there's about... I don't know, maybe 15 different little encampments at this park. Uh, the grass is entirely dead now. Oh, no. I don't know if that's because the city turned off the sprinklers. <laughs> Actually, that's just occurring to me now. I was thinking like, that's oh, what are, those pe- what are those people doing? Killing the grass. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the city just turned off the sprinklers as to not <laughs> uh, you know, cause a, a rainstorm on them uh, two times a day or whatever. But there well, you maybe go. they There's should the do it one time so. a day, so at least they get a free shower out of it. You know, so I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say that might actually be welcome. Yeah, but they're by a river, so they get a bunch of oh, baths okay. whenever they want. Anyways, baths so anyways, baptism. so back to the point at hand, which was this whole defund the police. Now, of course, abolish police is totally different. But when I actually got into a conversation with uh, some hardcore. Uh, type of Black Lives Matter people. That's what they uh, came back at me with. So at least there are some um, some real, you know, actual sol- solutions being considered rather than just kind of the the broad defund the police, get rid of the police. We'll just have Raz the warlord uh, police us all. <laughs> or the, the Seattle superheroes. I or guess the, the opposite side of that, right. you're saying that, you know, the police triggers the situation sometimes depending on who you are, depending on what side of a crime or a situation you're in, because uh, if you're waiting for the police to help you out and a social worker shows up, you might be like, come on, I need, I need a little more, I need a little more here, you know? But sure. Anyway. Yeah, and of course it all depends on the situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, 
of course, at the end of this article, it mentioned how Trump went ahead and slammed Democrats, especially Obama and hairy legs Biden. I love how they make such a big deal about that. When well, they have to. You know, Pelosi, Pelosi or Biden can't complete a thought without slamming Trump. I know. As if Trump slamming them is, you know, some sort of audacious act. So we have a, a hairy legs update. Ooh. Got hairy legs. Got hairy legs. I love that. Uh, it's a New York post.com article. You want to do this one, Basil? I will. Um, actually, uh, somebody in the YouTube chat had a good idea. Gons, maybe something to consider uh, putting the Twitch link in the YouTube stream description. Uh, sounds like mm. some people want to make the switch over to Twitch. So if you want to drop the Twitch link in there, that'd be great. Numbers okay. are actually kind of low. Interesting. Numbers are high over on YouTube and numbers are low over on Twitch. So if we could get uh, some of you guys to switch over to Twitch, that would really help us out. Keep our average up here. All right. Let's talk about uh, Mr. Harry Legs. This is from NewYorkPost.com. So take it for what you will. But the article is titled. Now, last episode, we talked about uh, a, a whole nother aspect of the Biden problem, the Biden family problem, which yeah. is, you know, obviously Hunter Biden mixed up in a lot of corruption in Ukraine. Uh, and then what's his other brother's name? Not Joe, uh, Frank oh, or something, whatever. Yeah, Bro- something. Uh, Biden's brother. Killing uh, people. Hit, yeah, drunk, drunk driving incident killed uh, and killed a guy and orphaned a couple of kids uh, 20 years ago and was ordered to pay a million bucks and basically has been running from that responsibility for 20 years and Joe Biden uh, trying to make excuses for him. That's not good. But now there's something else, Gons. It just doesn't end. I think somebody had a whole lineup of uh, stories to, to hurt Biden here to be released this week. This one came out the 13th. The article is titled Ukraine busts $6 million bribe scheme for gas company that hired Hunter Biden. Now, uh, many of us are aware of the Ukraine gas company Hunter Biden uh, issue that alleged bribing and, and all sorts of nasty stuff. But here we actually have a bust. And the article reads, Ukrainian officials seized $6 million cash bribe, the largest in the nation's history. In a case linked to the founder of Burisma Holdings, which is the gas company that gave Hunter Biden a seat on its board of trustees. The bribery case has no connection to Vice President Joe Biden's son, Ukrainian investigators said Saturday at a press conference that revealed the scheme. Okay, so we just got to make sure to mention that right off the top. Just happens to be the same company uh, mixed up in a bunch of bribes and schemes with Hunter Biden. But this particular six million dollars had nothing to do with him, allegedly. Mm -hmm. The millions in American one hundred dollar bills they put on display wrapped in rubber bands and held in clear plastic bags was intended as a payoff to two top anti-corruption officials, according to the Kiev Post. Three people, including a current and former tax official, have been detained. Ooh. The suspects, all associates of former ecology minister Mikola Zyeshchev, 
Zyachevsky allegedly used the money as a bribe to stop a state probe of an embezzlement plot that has driven Zyachevsky into exile. Zyachevsky, a crony of Ukraine's scandal-scarred ex-president Viktor Yanukovych, is the founder of Burisma, which was at the center of the impeachment case against President Trump earlier this year. It also figures in an ongoing Senate probe into whether Hunter Biden profited off of his father's foreign policy role during the Obama administration. Joe Biden was in charge of U.S. policy towards Ukraine at the time his son was hired to sit on Burisma's board. Uh, And just to mention, Hunter Biden had no experience in gas companies whatsoever, but got hired to sit on the board of Burisma, Ukraine's biggest gas company, for like a million bucks a year or something to do nothing but sit on the board. Uh, Quote, let's put an end to this once and for all. Biden Jr. and Biden Sr. do not appear in this particular proceeding. Nazar Kolodnitsky, oh man, Nazar Kolodnitsky, head of anti-corruption investigation at the prosecution service, said Saturday. So there you go. They want to make sure that, uh, that you know that Hunter Biden's not involved. Now, I think this had the opposite effect. I know it had the opposite effect for me. Because even though they're saying, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's not involved in this particular uh, corruption issue, they mention his name like four or five times in the article, <laughs> which, you know, you talk about some neurolinguistic programming and yeah. some, uh, you know, just the power of connecting a, a, a name with an incident, naming Hunter Biden by name four times in an article and then trying to say that he's not involved is not the best way to do that. And so I, I actually think that this you know, whoever the writer and the the editor of this publication is, I think they really do want to connect Hunter Biden to it, but they don't want to get sued for libel, and, you know, and outright come out and say it. All you got to do is mention his name four or five times in the article and, uh, you know, officially say that it has nothing to do with him. But already you've made the connections in people's brains. And that's long lasting. Let me tell you. Well, isn't the New York Post a little bit more leaning right anyway? We've seen, that's my expectation. You know, they don't say it on there. A lot of these places will say, you know, the right news on the right side of history because we're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the New York Post doesn't quite that's, do that. but We, we but should yeah. probably just pick that up as our thing. <laughs> People so think these, we're right wing and there you go. <laughs> no, I think ours should be like, uh, we're not right we're not wrong we aren't left but we sure aren't right and wow just confuse everybody and find jesus yeah well that's what that's what he's not the author of confusion basil that's a horrible idea oh no i rebuke your idea i thought it was quite clear we were letting people know where we stand you know people always want to know if we're republicans or if we're democrats yeah um anyways there you go uh the, the Burisma story continues. There you go. Yep. And yeah, Joe Biden's son was not involved. He wasn't involved. Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden was Hunter Biden. not involved with this. But he wasn't involved, just to make <laughs> he sure. He was involved in this other thing, but not in this one. Not Hunter in this Biden, one. Hunter Biden. Not this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Quick break here. We have a 
pretty interesting announcement to make, don't we? Yes, we do. We've got some uh, announcements to do now. D- remember, don't uh, don't go anywhere, anybody. Uh, yeah, after we the gotta, break, we got to get to the boogaloo's. Yes, after the break, we're going to be talking about the Boogaloo crew. We're going to be talking about uh, Google uh, forming an alliance with the governments. We got NBA snitches and a little bit of Four Horsemen of the Technocalypse. So you're going to want to stick around. Um, But before that, let's take a little break. Break. It's break. Okay, so Gons, I w- let's uh, let's start out with the normal break stuff. Sure. Um, so I got a couple Twitch followers to thank. Are you ready? I am ready. Yes. Okay. Here we go. We got uh, Cooper five twelve ATX. Thank you very much for following us over on Twitch. We've got Observer. 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 There you like, go. Observer, yeah. Uh, this one's great. Daddy Fauci, the real one. <laughs> so we got Daddy Fauci, we got Mommy Fauci, and we got Daddy Fauci, the real one. Nice. Uh, I don't know. We got the we got a we got the whole Fauci <laughs> family our, here. I love our Twitch followers, man. These names are so funny. Save eighty eight Grace. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. Maybe no. <laughs> okay. That's, that's the name. Me a second. Yeah, it's, hmm, okay, maybe no. <laughs> Very funny. We got Trolladier69. We got Chow Chowie. Chow Chowie. Chow Chowie. Chow Chowie. And those are it. Those are our new Twitch followers. They joined during the show. So welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, I'm still confused. The numbers on Twitch are a little low, and the numbers on YouTube are enormous. So we're enormous? glad everybody's here. Uh, bigger than enormous. usual. Yeah. Is it really? Yep. Oh. Um, now, of course, I want to remind everybody that this show goes on the value for value model. What does that mean? Well, usually when uh, podcasts and different content creators, you know, get to a certain level as we have been for a while, you start getting a lot of uh, emails about people wanting to advertise on your show uh, so you can start making a little bit of money. We made the decision long ago, even though we've got we've had some pretty big advertisers want to advertise on the show. And uh, we decided long ago against the uh, best advice of our accountants that uh, we didn't want to do that. We didn't like the model of gaining your trust, gaining your attention, and then turning around and selling all of that for our own personal gain. Now, will we be like that forever? I hope so. But we can only stay in that model uh, because of listeners just like you helping out with the value for value model. What does that mean? Well, we put out the content, we put out some value, and if you get any value, you then have the opportunity to return some value into the system, keeps the show going, grows the show, makes things better, and uh, gets the feeds. <laughs> you help feed Gon's ever-growing uh, <laughs> nest of children <laughs> he has over there. They just got to keep eating. And, of course, Gon's has a new <laughs> son on the way. So, uh, you know, consider that when we talk about this value-for-value model. You make it now, sound like I, I have a like a huge... You've got uh, a brood. You're, you've got the beginnings of a brood, Gons. That's true. It's probably going <laughs> to end after the boy, but you never yeah. know. You never know. It's, it's not up to you. That's true. Um, so, 
So there you go. So if you get value out of the show, whether this is your first episode or 10th or 100th, we've been doing this for almost 10 years. So you've got a lot of material to get access to. And if you find value, please consider putting some value back into it. And this is the opportunity that we take uh, to thank the people who put value back into the show. And they're not just listeners. At that point, if you help pay for the show, you are a producer of the show. There's a couple ways of doing that. You can head to patreon.com slash CCNT is one way. And Gons, I'm a little disappointed to say, uh, to let you know, and uh, you're going to have to break this to your children one way or another. We have had zero new pledges on the Canary Cry News Talk uh, Patreon account. So that makes for a short segment there. Um, I know it's very sad. Now we do have the patreon.com slash canary cry radio patreon account uh and again not great we had a deletion which is sad uh, but we did have two new producers come on board are you ready nice. to hear about them guns yes give me give me all right we got ray ray no no we don't dang it <laughs> that's sorry i messed up taylor Taylor is the new producer. Yeah, Thank forget you, Ray. Taylor. It's Taylor. It's all about Taylor. Sorry, Ray. Ray has uh, better things to do with their money. That's okay. We get it. Um, and then we have Kathy. Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you guys Thank you, for the support. You are the some new producers of the show, Taylor and Kathy. We appreciate that uh, very, very much. And now here's the thing, folks. If you don't like Patreon, of course, a lot of people don't. We totally get it. That uh, gives you the opportunity to head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. We got PayPal options. Uh, you can sign up for a subscription over there on PayPal using your credit card or PayPal account. Or if commitment is not your thing, which I totally get it, you can make one-time donations uh, over there as well. And Gans, do we have any producers coming in uh, with one-time donations? Yeah, so we have a couple people here. We got a, a handful of recurring, so thank you for all the recurring supporters on PayPal but we have a payment that came in for Benjamin. So thank you, Benjamin. Thanks, and Benjamin. Also from Peter. So Peter, Peter also coming in. Thank and you very you much, you two. Yeah. Appreciate so it. Uh, you are now uh, producers of the show. You can tell your friends, tell your family. They'll think you're, well, they'll know that you're a big shot, big shot showtime guy. <laughs> yeah. You contribute to a to pod. You can say you're a podcast producer. Ooh, podcast producer. That's right. We and, shouldn't, uh, you know what we should do? We should make some buttons or maybe ID cards uh, for Canary Cry Radio. And, uh, you know, when you become a producer, you get your Canary Cry Radio producer card. Yeah. Yeah. Good That'd idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea. We need somebody out there to help us with that because <laughs> that will go on the long list of things that we need to do and it will take yes. us a long time. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, Getting short on time, but we should definitely do this uh, this announcement here. So let's, we should. Let's, okay, let's do it. So here's the thing, folks. Do you want me to do it, or you want to do it? You can do it. I'll, okay. I'll, uh, we'll just get into the situation uh, when we get there. But yeah, go ahead. Explain what's happening. Okay. People are so wondering. here's here's what we're gonna do to further the value for value model that uh, we we value so much. We think it's the right way to go. We think advertisement 
uh, the content producing for advertisement purposes is one of the reasons why uh, the world and the internet is in such bad shape as it is. Now, a lot of you have uh, heard us talk about and we both listen to and admire a podcast called The No Agenda Show with John C. Dvorak and uh, Adam Curry over there. We, we reference that show a few times a month, maybe. Um, and uh, they are really one of the the uh, I don't know the 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 fathers of this value for value model in a in a real structured way, which is really cool. Pioneers and in that regard. What's that? Pioneers in that regard. Yes, pioneers. That was the word I was looking for. Um, pioneers of this value for value model, as well as a, a lot of other things. Adam uh, Curry being um, the. Uh, the pod one father. Of, <laughs> yes, the actual pod father, one of the uh, creators of the RSS feed, if not the creator. Um, and they, on their show, they do the value for value model, and they have this great uh, thing called the No Agenda Roundtable, um, or uh, it's like a peerage, like knighting and daming, which is when people uh, make not just one-time donations, but when their donations to the show reach a certain level, they then become a knight of the no agenda roundtable, which is really cool, really fun. Uh, Gons, you and I are both knights uh, yep. of the no agenda roundtable. I am Sir Basil, knight of the uh, Wormicorn, and you are Sir Gons, knight of the Samurai Babies. Uh, right. So it's <laughs> very fun. We... Uh, <laughs> And they've got all sorts of fun things attached to that. And so we, you know, we've been in contact with uh, Adam and John here and there, and we have decided we will be uh, emulating that same um, system, or at least uh, creating our own little version of it, uh, which is super fun and exciting, especially for those who are uh, generous or consistent givers uh, to the show. And this is just a great way to thank them and recognize them and uh, and let everybody know about how cool they are. Um, am I missing anything, Gons? Um, yeah. I mean, if you listen to the no agenda show and you've, you know, some people have said that even some of the things we've talked about, Oh, you're just ripping them off with this particular thing with the round table, they encouraged people to rip them off exactly the way they yes. do it. And I even asked, uh, we asked Adam if it was okay. And he obviously yeah, he wants an, people to model it from the way they do it. So that's yeah. kind of what we're going with, <laughs> with this yeah, one. So they're, they're, they, they are propagators of this uh, idea that, Advertising should not rule what goes on in an independent media platform such as us. Because when if guns, if you and I were to get advertisers involved in what we're doing, uh, you start walking a dangerous line. You start sort of being really careful. You don't want to say anything that's not brand safe. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta worry about them pulling their support, um, and when that's directly connected to feeding your kids, um, then you know there's an issue of integrity there. Yeah, and uh, you know everybody knows that uh, a lot of advertisers certainly would take uh, take issue not with not with just what they what we say. I would say we we are pretty good at being pretty balanced. Um, but even touching on the topics that we touch on uh, would be a big no-no for a lot of brands. So that's why advertising doesn't work. It only works uh, when the listeners of the show, and it's Adam described it as a, a tribe, you know, it's tribal media. It's, uh, you know, groups of people banding together to uh, 
keep uh, independent media going, and it's the only way to truly keep the integrity of independent media. So that's what we're doing, and uh, we are pretty much just going to lift the No Agenda uh, roundtable concept directly, um, and then from there, we're going to kind of let it evolve in our own way. So we're just going to start with that system, and yep. then as we grow and as people respond to it and as we continue, uh, we'll, we're just going to let it evolve in its its own natural way. So there we go. And you guys, as uh, not just listeners, but again, producers of the show, uh, you get to have a say in that, you know, we'll be listening. If you guys like the system or if there's things we should add or subtract, we're going to be doing that. Now, Gons, real quick, while I stall for a couple more seconds, I sent you um, some text in uh, in our messaging app on your phone or your desktop. Oh, yes. And I, I, need, see that. I need that to be copied and pasted into the doc so I can read it out loud. Uh, okay. Um, for for later on so here's the thing folks uh so we're gonna start out uh, like i said along the lines of the no agenda uh, concept and so uh for listeners over the 10 years almost 10 years that we've been doing the show uh there are a few listeners who have met or exceeded one thousand dollars of support which is incredible and generous and part of the only reason we're able to keep going uh, doing this show. So that's where we're going to be setting the the line for now. Uh, s- producers who have given uh, the amount of $1,000 or more will become knights or dames of the Canary Cry Roundtable. Woo! Exciting. Fancy, I know. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a couple things with this. Gons, you and I, we only, we have very... S- uh, limited ab- accounting ability. Um, <laughs> Very poor at accounting for for individuals. You know, I I sent you a couple there. There should be a couple. Of, oh, you did. Okay. Um, it's it's just hard. Uh, Was it PayPal? PayPal doesn't keep records for very long. We only have two years of records from PayPal. Um, so, you know, we tried to pick out and contact the people who had given a thousand dollars or more over the years. Um, there's a few of them and we'll be knighting and daming them over the next few episodes. But if you believe that you have hit that threshold in support, uh, just send us the accounting, you know, whether it's just forwarding us, uh, you know, your, your PayPal receipts or Patreon receipts or whatever, let us know. And, uh, it's on the honor system, you know, we'll, we'll check it best we can. Um, but it's really honor system deal. So if you believe you've hit that threshold, let us know. And we will knight you on the show much like we're going to knight somebody right now. Gonzo, are you ready? Do it. Okay, so first of all, for today, we uh, we are starting out our roundtable with not a nine, not a knighting guns, but a daming. Ooh, Ooh the ladies starting the ladies out. Ladies come first. That's right. So we have a very special listener who has supported us over the years. Um, and uh, let me see, pull this stuff up here on Twitch. She is known as Island Girl. 
Mm. And uh, she has trying to. This is going to be our first time doing this, so we'll get better at this as we go. But I want to uh, ask Island Girl Lynn to come up to the round table for your knighting. And of course, Gons, knighting would not be uh, knighting and daming would not be complete without some swords. Are you going to pull out your sword? uh, Here's my sword. Let me get this out here. Very good. Excellent. And you need one? Do you have your sword? I don't really do swords, but I do katanas. Oh, (laughs) katana. You are a person of color. That's right. So, Island Girl Lynn, please uh, take your seat here at the round table for the first ever daming here on Canary Cry News Talk. And so we call up Island Girl Lynn. Please step forward to the Canary Cry Roundtable where we have a seat for you. Thanks to your generous support and the amount of $1,000 or more, we are proud to announce you as Dame Island Girl Lynn. You shall now be known as Dame Island Girl Lynn at the Canary Cry Roundtable where we have the uh, the belt of truthful truthiness, the breastplate of righteous righteousness the custom-fit Birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and of course, adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kitties for cuddling, and if you're hungry, we have some fancy feast wet food, and of course, fried wormicorns. Welcome to the Canary Cry Knights and Danes Roundtable, Dame Island Girl Lynn, thank you so much. And uh, I contacted uh, Island Girl, Dame Island Girl now, and uh, I want to read a little little message that they sent. Uh, She says, Canary Cry has been a continuation of my growing up being raised in the music industry, interested in politics, way too young and developing an ongoing love of all things broadcasting and news filled. I'm hooked. So I send best wishes to my buddies, Gons and Basil, the absolute best part of Canary Cry and the most dedicated, amazing brothers I could ever have. Love. Island Girl 21. So thank you so much. Island Girl. Dame. Yes, that's right. Dame Island Girl 21. Very happy to have her as our first daming on the show. So there we go, Gons. We did it. We officially have started the Canary Cry Roundtable, and uh, we have some more nightings that will come in episodes to come. And if you out there, dear listener, believe that uh, you have hit that $1,000 threshold over the 10 years, you just send us an email, let us know. Uh, We'll we'll check it out. Um, And for those of you, I, I have looked at the Patreon list and the PayPal list. There are a lot of people who are very close to that amount so uh people will be coming in and it's gonna be great um so there we go anything else to wrap that up guns i think that's it we i think we pulled off the first one fairly decently so i think we did okay kind of proud of ourselves for doing that i know we've been talking about (laughs) doing this for a while it's a very cool system um and so there we go all right excellent Um, let me look at our notes here we, we uh, did the I gotta be out in about twenty minutes flat. Twenty like, minutes. Yeah, so we gotta right. we gotta run through these fairly quickly here. But Sounds let's, let's good. start this off. Did you okay. ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This is DailyMail.co.uk. U.S. government is using Google as a mass surveillance tool, and user data requests that uh, have increased by five hundred and ten percent since oh two thousand ten, according to report. 
with the longest title or a longest headline as usual. Daily Mail. <laughs> Daily Mail. They, they pretty much put the whole thing in the headline. Yeah. And I'll read a couple paragraphs here. It says that the U.S. government is using Google and, uh, and social media sites like Facebook as mass surveillance tools. Nothing new there. As user data requests have dramatically increased over the past decade, a new report reveals ProtonMail, an end-to-end encryption email firm, uh, found requests to Google increased by 510% since 2010 and requests to Facebook rose 363% since 2013. The team also notes that in just 2019, Google received 157,435 user data requests worldwide. and Facebook received 269,492. The Freedom Act passed by Congress in 2015 hindered the National Security Agency's ability to collect massive amounts of data, uh, user data, however, it does not stop private corporations from doing the agency's dirty work. So that's pretty troubling here. I mean, it's not surprising, but when you put numbers to it, you kind of see uh, how much the, the government and uh, you know, operations, private companies like Google uh, are getting you know, more snuggly with each other. They're getting more and more and more involved well, with one another. And it's crazy because over the years, there's been so many, uh, I wouldn't call them leaks, but reports and whistleblowers sh- and shunnings stuff. and whistleblowers. And, and there's even been strikes at Google, yeah. uh, you know, employees striking because of the, you know, the, the integration with government for surveillance purposes. Um, obviously Google is sort of the biggest player if you know it's at least one of the biggest players if not the biggest player in the big brother mechanism that we've seen developing over uh you know a number of years and yet and yet they just keep going and not just keeping going but increasing these uh these really unfortunate practices now yeah. i can't say that i'm not uh, can't say that i am surprised but um it's disappointing you'd think they would learn something yeah, and especially you know the whole Trump fighting the deep state thing. Uh, it seems like you know just uh, given the situation we're in now with uh, looting and all that kind of stuff, it's very easy for uh, <laughs> the government to just be, or you know, the Trump regime to be like, "Hey, Google, hand over the data. We need to figure out who's the ones uh, not yeah. behaving." That kind of thing. Well, and you got to remember too, you know. I, I, of course, Trump is a part of the issue, if not the head of the issue. But a lot of these are the intelligence agencies, the actual FBI, the CIA, things like that. You know, it's not necessarily that Trump is getting a an email list filled with, uh, you know, all the all the people on the the blacklist, the no mask fly list. Um, but the FBI, the CIA, NSA, uh, intelligence agencies from 14 different countries. Also, it's not just the U.S. Right. You know, this is a worldwide problem, yeah. um, and they just don't seem to be learning their lesson, Gons. Well, it's it's partly our fault too for continuing to use the platforms. Hey, that's know. not my fault. I'll put that on somebody else. I guess we do still use <laughs> Gmail, so we're not innocent. But no, we're not innocent. All but. right. So in the in the in the interest of your, yes. your time here, time. let's just keep moving. The All right. Wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. <laughs> warned you and warned you and warned you. So, Gons, have you uh, worn a Hawaiian shirt recently? Not recently. Well, and, good, uh, because yeah. you're a person of color and you uh, shouldn't <laughs> wanna, be racist. Apparently don't want to be racist. 
Now, I've seen some, uh, I saw some images floating around in some articles mentioning something called the Boogaloo Movement. Have you heard of this? Have you looked into this? I did, and I actually mentioned it to you a few, I think it was probably a few weeks ago. And I was like, hey, have you seen the thing about the Hawaiian shirts? You should be concerned about this. And you blew me off. You were like, ah, whatever. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me. I didn't really, I don't think I fully was comprehending what you're saying. But this is an article from firstpost.com headlined, From Social Media to U.S. Streets, Boogaloo Movement Makes Its Presence Felt During George Floyd Protests. Um, I don't know if I have any info on this outlet, but we'll just see how it reads. As protests against police brutality and racism draw locks in the U.S. despite the coronavirus pandemic movements like the Antifa and black lives matter have been blamed for incidents of violence witnessed during these gatherings, often seen wearing Hawaiian shirts, carrying guns and seemingly set on starting a civil war. Followers of the pro gun and anti-government boogaloo movement have also been seen at the protest on Monday, a Texas bodybuilder arrested for running a steroids trafficking ring (laughs) was found to have been publicly associated with the movement he had used his social media accounts to advocate vigilante guerrilla warfare against the national guardsmen patrolling black lives matter protests fox news reported in another incident on friday a u.s air force sergeant wrote the word boog uh, and the phrase i became unreasonable in blood on the hood of a car shortly before being arrested on accusations of shooting dead a sheriff's deputy in California, Santa Cruz. He was also accused of throwing lit pipe bombs and shooting at other deputies and planning to kill more, Reuters reported. On 30th of May, the FBI arrested three individuals, all with U.S. uh, military experience and associated with the Boogaloo movement. On the way to Black Lives Matter protests, uh, they had in their position Molotov cocktails, that they were allegedly planning to use at the protests in Nevada, Las Vegas. While President Donald Trump has repeatedly singled out Antifa, a movement of primarily leftist anti-authoritarians, as a major instigator of the unrest, the term does not appear in any of the federal charging documents against 53 individuals accused of looting and violence at protests held after George Floyd's death on 25th of May, a Reuters report said. Wow, that's the longest sentence I've ever read. (laughs) Uh, The documents mention only one group, the Boogaloo Movement, the followers of which are largely an assortment of right-wing extremists, according to hate group experts. The movement began on the internet, but is now spilling onto the streets of the United States. The name was derived from a 1980s film, uh, Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. The Boogaloo movement originated largely on 4chan's K forum, where users discuss weapons and guns. The term Boogaloo has been used on the forum since 2012 in reference to Barack Obama's re-election causing a second civil war, according to Reuters. Uh, However, among the recent protests this year, uh, where supporters of the movement were seen... What? (laughs) Hold on. However, among (laughs) the recent protests this year, where supporters of the movement were seen was in January in Richmond, Virginia, at a rally against the state's attempt to bring (laughs) in more... What some is really that? bad grammar <laughs> really bad man it's you, another we, ai we thought, writing this or something we we've either exposed the ai or just everyone's uh 
inability to check Everybody's their work. Just rushing, man. Not yeah. reading what they're writing. It's really making me aggravated uh boogaloo followers hold a resentful approach towards the law enforcement specifically and believe the government uh, would resist access to firearms see the boogaloo movement and the blm people both have something in common they uh they have a resentful approach towards law enforcement they should be teaming up uh, they believe in an accelerationist ideology, which entails disorder between the people and police to cause a breakdown of the political system. <laughs> Again, I guess they do have more in common with Antifa than, yeah. than people want to remember. It's a circle. It's a circle. The further apart you go right, left, you end up right together. Controlled opposition. It's a circle. Yeah. By April this year, an advocacy group called the Tech Transparency Project warned that Boogaloo followers were discussing taking up arms while promoting protests to liberate states from coronavirus restrictions, according to Reuters. The group that tracks tech companies had reported on 22nd of April that Boogaloo groups are especially active on Facebook, where at least 125 operate. That's it? Only 125? 125. What? I thought this, this gave me the... Uh, Impression... The, impression yeah that there was much more of them so there's yeah. only 125 more than half of those groups have been created since january oh oh i guess it's 125 groups okay additionally it was found that tens of thousands of people joined boogaloo related facebook groups over a 30-day period in march and april reddit shut down several boogaloo related communities in february and another set in may for inciting or glorifying violence on First of May, Facebook banned the use of boogaloo and related terms when they accompany pictures of weapons and calls to action. It decided over a month later that the platform will no longer recommend such groups to members of similar associations, making it more difficult to find these groups. Terms like boogaloo boys with an eye, big igloo, and big luau then emerged to evade scrutiny. Hmm. Uh, in a 27th of May memo, the Department of Homeland Security raised concerns that domestic terror groups could target the protests, including allegations from the FBI that, quote, a white supremacist extremism telegram channel incited followers to engage in violence and start the boogaloo by shooting in a crowd. Fox reported far right militias and boogaloo related groups were present at 40 protests against police brutality and Floyd's death Institute for research and education on human rights found. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. we kind of get it. The, the, the bigger point here. Yes. It's uh, and there was actually a guy that was related to the boogaloo boys that was, I think arrested or something for one of the murders of uh, yeah. somebody there at one of the rallies. There's actually only two more paragraphs, and I believe that these actually might be important. So let okay, me hit these real quick. Whether Boogaloos hold a white supremacist or white nationalist approach remains unclear. The movement's members have showed up armed uh, to protect stores from protesters on the one hand, while some of the most popular Facebook pages have celebrated the agitation against George Floyd's death, The Guardian reported. Claims that the group travels to various states to join protests are also unfounded. 
of the 57 people arrested in Minneapolis on 30th of May as protests against police brutality turned violent. 47 provided Minnesota addresses, while only 10 were from other states. The Washington Post reported a U.S. intelligence assessment released last week, uh, too, said that most of the violence at the protests appears to have been driven by opportunists. But the assessment also said there was some evidence that organized extremists were tied to violence or promoting it online. So they do this whole article talking about how the Boogaloo boys are racist white supremacists and wear Hawaiian <laughs> shirts and shoot people and then end by saying, well, we're not sure if they're white nationalists. It does not is not really clear. And we're not actually sure if they travel, uh, you know, from place to place to these uh, to these protests. So really deceptive and annoying uh, article from First Post here. But uh, it kind of seems interesting because there's a lot it's the same anti-establishment mentality uh to like antifa or some black lives matter people uh, when it comes to law enforcement but it seems like this white nationalist thing and the thing that they travel from state to state are totally unfounded and are not uh i don't know it, it just seems like people are jumping to conclusions here what's the deal yeah i mean that's that's it just seems like another weaponized kind of group who knows if it's even like a natural organic type of thing yeah. this type of stuff could be spun up by the uh, military industrial complex it seems that way yeah it seems almost exactly like the same uh game plan and co- and uh, sort of community building that we saw with the rise of antifa yeah and uh, i but think it's just uh, controlled opposition on the other side I think the Hawaiian church thing is a direct attack on you. It is. And I'm triggered. I feel <laughs> triggered about that. I love Hawaiian uh, shirts. Especially on Joy Spiracy Theory, a lot of the uh, imagery concerns Hawaiian shirts, like cats wearing Hawaiian shirts and stuff. They yeah, probably the saw, heck? they probably listened to our show, saw that you liked Hawaiian shirts. Picked out the Hawaiian shirt uh, yeah. thing. And just they thought, to, hey. as a personal, the personal war against Basil making it's Hawaiian an shirts. Attack. Attack on Basil. I don't like Uh, it. You were targeted and hijacked. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm very uncomfortable with this. Now, if I wear my my one of many Hawaiian shirts out in public, (laughs) people are going to get the wrong idea. It's just another way to to, profiling, man. (laughs) Yeah, no more Hawaiian shirt Fridays for your businesses there, (laughs) because somebody's going to be like, "Oh, you guys are all supporting what right wing wing right nationalist whatever." You know, yeah, see, that's and that's the sucky part about where our country's at is that these sort of simple things become uh, signals uh, for, you know, the, the, the population at large to get a whole idea about somebody. Now, if I wear a Hawaiian shirt, people are going to think I'm a boogaloo boy. I know. See, triggered. Everyone's triggered. I don't like it, I don't like it man. It's not um, cool. Well, we'll keep an eye on this. Let's see what the Boogaloo boys are. See if they cause any more trouble. I, uh, I, when I, uh, those who missed it, I actually went to a Black Lives Matter protest uh, a few weeks ago. I did not see any Boogaloo boys. Very good. Maybe you were the yeah. only one. Maybe they saw you in the white oh, shirt no, without that was my realizing problem. it. Oh shoot! <laughs> That's why nobody shirt? wanted to talk to Just you. Just gonna get you beat up, man. I don't yeah, like that. Yeah, not not a good idea. Um, yeah. we're, I, we're I'm very short on time, but I'll okay. fly through this article real quick. Just because we'll save the other two. Lie. We have the uh, 
we, we have the CERN COVID fertility app that I think yeah. needs to be reported on. Mm-hmm. And um, Elon's swag like Jagger, I thought was a great article. I think I want to spend more time on that one. So we'll do okay. those we'll save uh, it for at the beginning show. of the next show. But this one we can throw in as the last article here. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? Snitches get stitches. <laughs> as you know, I'm uh, I grew up a basketball fan here, and they're getting ready to to restart the NBA in a in a bubble down in uh, Florida. Yeah, I heard about it that. It says here, this is BroBible.com. The NBA is installing an anonymous snitch hotline for players to report social distancing violations inside. Oh, the Disney bubble <laughs> snitch hotline for players. Yes. NBA because players inside yes. the Disney bubble. What does Disney have to do with anything? So Disney is hosting the NBA, uh, the rest of the NBA season, which obviously mm. came to a, a halt uh, earlier on. So, but to, to, you know, make sure nobody gets the, the Rona's they're, they're, you know, they're keeping all the players in, in one location in a bubble and uh, all this kind of stuff. And uh, basically, it says here the NBA is going to have a snitch hotline whenever they return to play in July. On Tuesday, the Athletics Shams, Shams Sharania revealed the guidelines that NBA players must adhere to while staying inside the Disney bubble. And there's all these rules here, blah, blah, blah. And the NBA hopes players can police themselves. Yeah, of course. And have set up an you anonymous mean police hotline. each other. Police, yeah, themselves, each other. And that's, it's just setting a precedent. Or a really again the the panopticon is really at play here because yeah. now you have NBA players you know watching you know basically policing watching one another and, and uh, this this opens up a lot of issues too for uh, you know kind of sabotaging other teams you know you're gonna go yeah. play another team and you day before you give a call and snitch out one of their star players and boom. You got the upper hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have the snitch game, the snitch wars. Snitch wars. Unspoken wars. Oh, dang. Snitch wars. Nothing but snitch wars. That's. uh, Snitches get stitches. That's a jingle for you. Okay. Are you good, Gons? We need to get out of here. I'm good. Yeah. I got to cruise out. I'm going to just run through the end of show here. Remember, folks, we got the playlist at the end of the show. Stick around uh, because we got some great. pieces of music created by listeners about and for the show so stick around they're very funny very good but i want to remind everybody we got our new canary cry roundtable. we are continuing our value for value model and so please remember us we will be uh, we put out shows three times a week monday wednesday and friday this friday is our next show i saw some questions up on the chat there uh sometime between noon and 5 p.m pacific standard time keep an eye out for your notifications if you follow us on youtube go follow us on twitch and turn on notifications as well because you never know when uh, the youtube notifications will stop coming okay now remember you can go to patreon.com ccnt we didn't have any new producers on patreon today uh so let's hope that that changes uh on friday if uh, you get value out of the show, please consider putting some value back in. I'll give you a shout out and thank you on the show. You then become a producer 
first in line for your Canary Cry producer card, podcast producer card. Um, now, remember, if uh, financially supporting the show is not in the cards for you, I get it. If you, if you don't got an extra five bucks a month to spare, there's other ways you can help out the show. You can create jingles for us. You can create art. Uh, you can tell people about the show. If you are a creative person, do whatever you do and send it to us. Jingles, songs, artwork. Send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Uh, you, you should leave a rating and a review on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify. Uh, remember, this is a podcast. So if you miss the live show, subscribe to the podcast and you'll get the better version of the show. The, the sound quality, quality is much sound better. quality version, yeah. And it's there forever and you can send the show to somebody else y'all have friends and family in your life who are getting their news from the mainstream or their facebook feed send them an episode uh word of mouth is the best way to spread the show and to help wake up your friends and family and here's how you do it you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Ask Noah and close the toilet seat before you you, um, uh, flush there. Well, thank you guys. Thanks everybody to our listeners and producers for supporting the show, listening to the show. Remember, we'll be back on Friday sometime between noon and 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So remember to tune in there. Bring your friends, bring your family, but most of all, bring your open mind, baby. And we'll be back and we hope to see you back. But until then, remember to think outside the cage. Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Don't let me go into the archives and find out what I told you. I tell you something. People call me everything under the sun, accuse me of lying, and everything else. 
I try to give you a heads up. I warn you. And then months later, when I'm right, everybody forgets. I, I said this months ago. I said this months ago. I tried to tell y'all this is what was happening. I tried to tell you. Heads are going to roll. I tried to tell you. It's chaos. It's a mess. I tried to tell you. And nobody wanted to listen. Do y'all hear me now? Is it clear? I tried to tell y'all it's getting ugly. It's a mess. I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell you. Nobody wanted to listen. And now you see folks scurrying. I mean, my I tried to tell you. You know how many times I'll say something months in advance and then it comes to, to, to fruition and then y'all forget I reported. See, they're going to have breaking news like it's news. You know what the news was today? I tried to tell you. But nobody wanted to listen. You are entering a dimension of sound. You carefully come in through the threshold with wonder, yet skepticism. You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Keep the cameras on Zoo.